Tonight's episode of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club is brought to you by Drew Estate. Come experience the rebirth of cigars at www.drewestate.com and download the free Drew Diplomat smartphone app today to discover nearby retailers, RSVP to special events, redeem points to win exclusive Drew Estate merchandise, and much, much more. Sisters of the Leaf, coming to you live from deep, and I mean really deep, in the bush this time, it's the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. Tonight the boys return to the jungle to explore 1988's classic Italian Predator Robocop ripoff, Robo War, while smoking the archetype sacred scale cigar from Ventura Cigar Company, paired with pint after boozy pint of Red Horse Malt Liquor. Hmm, a Filipino malt liquor, a cheesy 80s sci-fi knockoff lick. I think I see where this night is headed, folks. So strap on your seatbelts, motherfuckers. Sit back, light them up, and enjoy the show. I wait for no man, except, except for its beer. Let me just finish my first Red Horse beating. Miss song. If you want to ride, ride the red horse. I think so. But I'll take your word for it. It's a pretty popular song. Is it? Trace Atkins? No, Is old song, like 70s song. Is that a little Nas song? No, like the 1970s. If you want to ride, ride the red horse. The only thing I know from that time period is like Horse of No Name. I know Apache. Jump on it, jump on it. Man, boys, there's a lot of screaming in tonight's film. A lot of grown men screaming. Yeah, there is. Ah. Unfortunately, I was thinking about today, that's something I'm all too familiar with lately. You guys want to hear about my yearly trip to the Walmarts? Oh, talk about grown men screaming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. But once a year, I find myself in a, a pickle where I have to go into a Walmart. I uh, don't like it. I do everything to avoid it, but it just it happens. So I, uh, this year's uh, quest was for saline solution, contact solution. It's the only place around. I needed it. So I duck in. How hard can that be, right? Oh, it's it's never just a duck in. I mean, come on. So I go on zipping through the uh, aisles there in the pharmacy department. I find my saline solution easy enough. 
I turn a corner and I almost run smack into this guy. Literally, at least 600, maybe 700 pound guy. Really tight sweats. He's got a shirt on that says, he's an older man, probably mid-50s. And he's got his t-shirt on, tight. It says, uh, living at home with your parents is cool. <laughs> and I I just okay. kind of paused. All right, yeah. And I said, oh, yeah. excuse me, sir. Worked my way around him and uh, off. And I got a text, so I had to grab something else, which that is where the complications come in. Ten minutes later, I find that other thing, and I... They've got like 50 checkout lanes. Two are open. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. But they have these express lanes. I guess I should use the quote fingers. Express lanes. I which know, there's a, about a line. This is like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. There's like a line of like five people just waiting to get mm-hmm. to the 20 express things. Oh, my God. So I'm waiting there. Just minding my own business. And all of a sudden, I hear a grown man screaming, Help! I'm like, what the fuck? I look, and it's that guy, and he's standing at one of the express terminals. How sad is that? He beat me to the (laughs) checkout lane. Uh, And he's screaming. So the little teenage uh, concierge there that monitors the the helps you with your self-checkouts runs over to him. He's helping some other old lady. Uh, He ditches her and runs over to this guy, screaming... I would, I would do it justice, but I, 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 <laughs> no. I don't want to blow my voice out. It's like, sir, something I can help you with? <sighs> out of breath. I can't get the damn thing to scan my bananas. Okay. And the guy's like, oh, not an emergency. And we thought he was dying. He's like, oh, it does it by weight, sir. You hit produce, you put the code in, and you, it weighs your bananas. Well, how was I supposed to know that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's my story about a grown man screaming in my own life. You guys got any? No. Usually if a grown man screaming, it's me. First uh, of all, the fact that the guy was buying bananas was kind of shocking. <laughs> but then I started thinking about it. Banana splits. Mm-hmm. Probably. Well, the only other thing he had in his thing was a roll of paper towels and a giant fucking three foot tall box of Fruit Loops. Yeah, he did. Bananas in his Fruit Loops. You think he was cutting up the bananas, bananas in his Fruit, in his fruit, fruit Loops to make them healthy? Yeah, yeah. They are a good source of potassium. Okay. Yeah. And he need lots of potassium. Well, first of all, I'm not poking fun at the guy because of his weight. I'm poking fun of him because he's just a. Just a grown man grown screaming man help sc- about bananas? Screaming for help uh, about bananas. At least the guys in our movie got reasons to scream. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I'm Do sure. They? I don't know! How am I supposed to know that? <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to Tuesday Night Cigar Club, episode Woo. 110. If we're a little bit off tonight, obviously I opened up with a bit about a fat guy buying bananas. We're experiencing Winter Storm Cade. Did you hear that's what they named it? Mm-mm. Did they? Yeah, but they spelled it wrong. K A D E. Oh. I spelled C A D E. But yeah, Winter Storm Cade has hit Central Texas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, these two guys combined are wearing enough clothes to clothe like twenty regular men. How many shirts you got on? 
One, two, three. The vest. And then a coat's over there on the chair. You just took off your coat. So you have four things on right now, and that's above the waist. Yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. stop there. And you're bundled up like hell, too. Oh, my God. You guys are ready. I ain't going to be cold, man. Ready for action. Yeah. It, it is quite nippy out. I'll, I'll give you that. It is. Um, Plus, if one of you gets drunk and punches me in the chest, I'm not going to feel it again. Well, with tonight's beer, that's a distinct possibility. Do you want to ride? Ride the red horse. White horse? Was that the song? No, that's the. Yeah, there's a white horse in black circles. Or no, that's like that. a white horse wearing black satin. Oh, okay. No, that's a white room with black horse curtains? horse curtains. Horse curtains. <laughs> it's so cold. <laughs> Um, Texans don't operate in this kind of weather unless you're in north of Amarillo. We are operating, boys, and we're going to have a fun show tonight. I guarantee it. Uh, it's been a while um, since we saw you guys last. Yeah, yeah. Start off the year with a bang, Cannibal Women and the Avocado Jungle of Death. Yeah, that was a pleasant surprise of a movie. And it was a fun show altogether. Fun show. It was a really fun show. Yeah. Uh, this one's going to top it, I'll tell you right now. Every show this year is going to supersede the entertainment value of the one before it, or we're just going to quit. The day where we're not beating up, beating our own. The, the day comes when we're not beating, beating each other off. It's <laughs> the day we're out of here. Yeah, we really are off. Wow. You knew what I meant. Um, Sadly, lot, I did. A lot's happened since our last show. Um, all the uproar over the year end top lists. Everyone went their usual. What's going on? Bananas. Oh my god. A lot of grown men screaming about those lists, weren't there? <laughs> we had some cigar media uh, go on their shows and say that we shouldn't even be on the li- the, the consensus. And, oh he, and, and I, you know what? Shameful. Though, I jokingly, I'm not going to name names because it's water under the bridge. I uh, I jokingly called called this uh, cigar media personality out on it, and he he actually get, issued a formal apology to us, which was nice. That was very nice and unnecessary. I was just joking. I mean. Anybody who knows us knows we don't really give a shit. Uh, Plus, I was just, uh, I was actually kind of like, I'm surprised more media isn't like that, to be honest. Those guys. Oh, yeah. But I, I, was, I, I, was, I was, I was like watching the reaction to some of the people on that show, because you sent the timestamp, and I was like, all right, I got to see this. And they were like, yeah, has anybody heard of you guys? Yeah. Or heard of these guys? And it was like crickets. And I was like, oh, come on. Even Skip Martin of Romecraft, who we've done several shows at his... <laughs> I don't know those guys. Yeah, he didn't claim to know us either. <laughs> we are the oddballs. We'll always be the oddballs, and I wouldn't have us any other way. Agreed. I concur. You don't see those guys beating each other off every episode. I mean, it just keeps coming out wrong. We're going bananas, folks. That's a reason why they want to ban we're, us. This is the reason why we're, we're accepted in the Cigar Media Association. <laughs> They're like, oh, we'll, we'll gladly take your money, Mr. Oh, oh. I just saw your... Ep- <laughs> red flagged, red flagged. No, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, so that cigar media beef, uh, Tupac and Biggie style, it was, it was squashed without violence, um, pr- I'm happy to say. That sucks. I was kind of wanting uh, to see... You want, you want things I wanted to, to see Cody rolling up in a white <laughs> SUV just strapping. Oh, I think you meant like full of bullet holes. No, get boy. <laughs> the first victim of the cigar media wars. No, it's gonna be Cody driving the SUV slowly, like five miles an hour down the freeway. Yeah, you know who I am. Damn it, <laughs> Yak boy. Damn it. Um, we also had a Super Bowl. Yeah, yes, yeah. we did. Have Big a Super Red. Bowl. Did you guys watch Big the- Red? 
you know, that's what they call Patrick Mahomes, the red horse. The red horse. That's what Andy's calling him right now. Yeah. Uh, did you guys watch the game? I did. Really good, really good game. I, I liked it. It was a really entertaining, really well-matched it. game. Uh, thought it was fine. The doctor, our fourth member, he's not here tonight, but he was like, I was talking to him during the game. He's like, you remember, it wasn't too long ago, every Super Bowl was a blowout. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. we went through a rut of some really bad Super Bowls, but this one was good. Yeah. It was really good. So. And it kind of looked like it was headed that way, and then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, Casey t- turned it around. Did you guys watch the halftime show? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. of course. Of course I did. What'd you think? Hey. Um, I saw no problem with it whatsoever. Shaking my hips, shaking my hips, shaking my hips, shaking my. I think there was actual other words in the songs. Oh yeah, I know it is. Don't be fooled by the rocks that I got. I'm still, I'm still oh, total did, from the block. Did she perform the the hits? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually. Well, I, that's the only song I know. I'm sad to say I I, I missed it. Uh, I was I, I was hustling to get some more beer at halftime and. Well, that's a good reason to miss it. I wish I had. I've heard nothing but great things. Uh, I did see, you know, obviously a lot of people were offended, and we talk about it all well. the time. Everyone's going. But uh, you know who was offended? It was, I guess, you know, he's like tweeting out a storm about how outrageous it was and not family entertainment and all this bullshit. Who? Fucking D. Snyder, the lead singer of Twisted Sister. It's like, what the fuck? What happened to you, D.? Guy got up in front of Congress We're not talking take about it. artists' freedom and sounds like a sad old man. What did me. he? What did he do? Get a new sponsorship by Red TV or something? I don't know. But he was bitching about it. I mean, that's that's pretty hypocritical. I mean, I'm not going to say that he's wrong to bitch about it. I mean, if, if that's what you want to do, you're obviously right within your rights to do it. But that's very hypocritical. Uh, I thought so. Mr. We're not going to take it. Yeah. I want to rock. The coolest thing he ever did, he was in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. On the hood of the car. Yeah, but now I just don't want to see that. No, I'm done with him. He, he lost. Well, I was never a fan. Twisted <laughs> Sister is kind of a joke, man. But, uh, I'm, I'm definitely not ever going to listen to his stuff. Ever. I'm offended by him. His being offended offends me. How could he be How offended? How do you like that? Do you get backfired on you? His whole job in his youth was to offend people. I know. Yeah. He's old now. Yeah. Maybe he just want to get his name in the news. I hadn't thought about him in 20 years. Now I didn't. I'm talking about him. Yeah. I always liked him on the House of Hair. That was. The House of Hair? Radio show? Yeah, didn't he have a radio show? Or doesn't he have oh, a radio he? show? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Played all 80s hair music. Well, yeah. should have stuck to that. Introduce me to White Lion tracks. I don't want to know your personal <laughs> opinions on hot chicks shaking their butts. Well, this year at the Supertime Halftoe Show, we're going to have some good, clean family fun. We're going to bring up the Puritan Mass Choir. Uh, they are covered from head to toe. Uh, we don't want a repeat of what happened at the Spring Pageant where one of them was showing too much ankles. But we got that nipped in the butt. And uh, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say butt. We got that taken care of. D. Snyder. Hit it, ladies. D. Snyder. He took on Congress for the warning labels on CDs. You can't... Uh, more like D's nuts, right? No, he's not even that cool. Yeah, I backed out on that. Uh, and then... So we, got, we, got, uh, we almost got killed in the Cigar Media Wars of early 2020. We had a Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, tonight, driving in here, I saw today... Um, Kurt Douglas died. What? 
103 years old. Yeah. That's a good run. It's a good run. <laughs> Still rather a little I, shocking. I thought he'd go a little. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> How? How could this happen? Tut, it was devastating. Are you, are you kidding me? Well, at first I thought you said it was Michael Douglas. But <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, he, he died today, 103 years old. What's your favorite Kirk Douglas movie? We're not filling up the boot for him. Oh, no, man. Cactus Jack in The Villain with Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's mine. That's always a good one. It's a great one. Spartacus. Well, Spartacus was good. If I, if I really go like old school... You know, See, that's why we're not filling up the boot. None of like, you guys can even tw- name one movie he's in. 20,000 Leagues. Tell the shocked. He doesn't even know one movie he's in. What's best? I've seen oh, all of those. Did you say 20,000 Leagues in the Sea? Yeah. Yeah, he's great in that. He's yes. got the little turtle guitar. Mm-hmm. Turtle shell guitar. I've seen 20,000 Leagues. I've seen Spartacus. I've seen The Villain. I've seen, uh, what was that, Poseidon or whatever. Uh, yeah, he's in all those aquatic movies. Yeah, so I mean... I, was he in Pee-wee's Big Adventure? He was not. Uh, <laughs> sure he was. Probably, he's in a lot of things, I think. 7,000 acting credits on IMDb. 103 years old. That's a good run. It's a damn good run. Rest in peace, Kirk Douglas. Yeah. I didn't even realize he was still alive, to be honest. We, uh, 103, it's not like he's out there on, on the scene. <laughs> TMZ, we caught up with Kurt Russell. Kirk Douglas outside of McDonald's. <laughs> Just lost, didn't know where the fuck he was. Kirk Douglas and his son Michael Douglas got caught up in a sex party. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. Uh, well, he had a stroke a couple years ago. He couldn't really talk or anything. So, but 103, man, that's nothing to shake a stick at. No, it's a good run. Very good run. I'll take that over a stick in the eye. Very true. Uh, so we are pro Kirk Douglas. We pro think. Pro Kirk Douglas, yeah. Yes. Anti D Snyder. Anti D Snyder. And we've made peace with the other cigar media. For now. Oh. For now. Well, fuck with us. Actually, you can. It's just we're just gonna drink. Uh, and drink we will. Malt liquor, according to Yak Boy. You want to do? You want to talk first? I can. <laughs> Who didn't come in here want an ice cold beer? <laughs> uh, my hands are like spot welded <laughs> to my pint glass. Oh, I got my gloves over there. I might need to break them out. Perhaps on these times we could go and try and find beer that's meant to be served hot. <sighs> Like a cider? Mm, cider. I hate cider. Yeah, I'm not a cider guy. But nonetheless. Kirk Douglas said his last dying breath, 103 years. How did, how did you get there in his last interview? Never drank cider. I believe it. Yeah. Nothing but mall liquor for that guy. That I believe too. Uh, tell us about tonight's. It's a foreign beverage. It is a foreign beverage. Fancy. The simply known as Red Horse Beer. Right there. Red Horse Beer. <laughs> the uh, made oh, It's got a little horseshoe on it. Made a little horseshoe <laughs> from San Miguel Brewing. Uh, San Miguel Brewing was originally founded as La Fabrica de Cerveza San Miguel in 1890. Yakboy doesn't do accents a lot on the show. That, that, was, was that was very good. That was 1890 very good. is when Kurt, Russell, Kurt Douglas was born. <laughs> <laughs> he came into the world holding a red horse. Thank you, Papa. That, By Enrique Maria Barreto, under a Spanish royal charter that officially permitted the brewing of beer in the Philippines. 
Wow. So this is a Filipino beer. This is it our is. first Filipino beer. Yes, it is. First Filipino And I believe beer. it'll be our last. I don't think they make very many there. Are they incorporated? Oh, sure. They got like the Tiger uh, and stuff like that. As, as the uh, Red San Tiger. Miguel Brewery. Brewery and in uh, 1913, it was renamed the San Miguel Corporation. Uh, they continued to brew and grow over the years. In 63, they were the uh, one of the largest uh, business conglomerates in the Philippines. Really? Just doing everything. Uh, fast forward into just a few years ago. Um, in 2009, uh, they were doing so well that uh, Kirin Holdings from Japan, maker of Kirin oh, Ishiban. Red Horse's sellouts? Well, after 100 years. <laughs> Kirk Douglas never sold out. Well, except to Satan. He was supposed to die at 83, and he they got him another 20 years. Uh, oh, but they sold to Kirin. Yeah. Which is like the Japanese Budweiser. Yeah. Okay. So, but I mean, they wanted to, they wanted to push out, and they have become like um, uh, one of the number one selling brands in middle the Middle East and Asia now. Yeah. So they're making, look at us drinking, making headway across the globe. Look at us drinking a popular Asian beer. So what else do they export? What are they known for? Where are where is the Philippines? Oh my God! I'm going to pretend like I'm dumb for our audience, <laughs> so you can inform them. Okay, so if you're looking at Asia and like Japan, follow that coastline uh-huh. now, and there's a series of islands there, uh-huh. and that's the Philippines. I shall return. I have returned. I believe it's actually a series of like over a hundred islands, right? Some, yes. Yes, it's a very it's extensive a, archipelago. Archipelago? I don't know if that's the correct word. But what do we, know, what do we know them? Wasn't there a war there? Yeah, World War II. MacArthur. It was very big. It was like I, one of the first stepping again, stones. I'm, I'm, I'm setting you up to help our audience out oh, here. Oh, okay. Giving yeah. them some context. Well, you see, the you, we didn't want to do it. he's working on <laughs> Is that one of your fancy college professors that you're... Uh, we, we didn't really want to do a direct frontal right. assault onto J- Japan. Do we have a military presence in the Philippines right now? I think we do, yes. I think we do, yeah. So those boys are probably drinking some red horses in the evening. Most likely, yes. And we are exporting Budweiser over there so that they can have a little taste of home. Uh, well, you probably know, not, though. You know what? Cheers to our military service men and women in the Philippines. I have to double check that. I think Dorote might have kicked us out. President Dorote? Yeah. yeah. Why would he do that? Uh, he is an interesting character. We were discussing him a little bit before the show. Uh, he likes to kill people. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure we should probably say that. He has a great entrance into the airport. One of the finest entrances. Yeah, Tuck says he walks seen. in and just tosses. He just his tosses his bag without even looking, and somebody <laughs> like dives to catch it. Hey, on our road travels, can we maybe work on that routine? It would be awesome. Okay, who's catching my bag? I probably do. I have a, I have a lot of experience catching my wife's bag when she comes into the airport. Oh, she pulls that Duarte stuff? <laughs> uh, you say I shouldn't say that he kills people? It's kind of well known, right? Oh, you, you don't want him to kill us? Yeah. Oh. Like those Asian assassins that killed Kim Jong-un's brother in the airport? Like those cute little Asian girls with like poison? Like... He's like sneezing, they give him a Kleenex, and it's poisoned, and he dies. Is that what we're in store for now, because I said that? Am I in some kind of trouble here? You could be. Should I talk to the U.S. Embassy? Probably. In the Philippines, even though I'm here? You... I think you could go to Austin, maybe. How does this work? 
Well, You're already sure. in America. I don't think it matters. Okay. So the except, Tuesday night except is if they kill you. Anti D Snyder, pro President Duarte. <laughs> right? <laughs> Viva la Presidente! Okay, seems like we're all in agreement there. Again, and I'm we're going to go back to how I'm the safe. weather is affecting us. <laughs> now, he does some really wicked bad shit. Yes. Yeah. But, back to the beer. Yes, it won some awards. It has won some awards. Uh, in 2015, uh-huh. it was uh, named as a... Leading into its growth, spreading out in a... If I remember correctly, the best logger. Best logger. I'm trying to figure out how you'd be the best logger. The International Logger Awards. Yeah. Uh, was that award ceremony conducted at the San Miguel Brewery? Probably. Uh, uh, as their own Red Horse, is San Miguel's high alcohol beer brand uh, is deeply hued lager with distinctive Swedish taste balanced by smooth bitterness. Swedish tastes? Swedish with distinctive Swedish taste. Sweetish or sweet dish? Sweet ish. Oh, yeah. with a T. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like sugar. Like anything. Distinctive sweet- Swedish taste. It doesn't get anything out of this. It's a Philippine beer, but it's got <laughs> Swedish roots. It's the official malt liquor of ABBA. <laughs> malt liquor queen. Malt liquor at night. And then it's very Afternoon odd in, in the... Thing because it is a lager, but it has an ABV of eight percent. Okay. And they say it's got IBU of nine, but <laughs> that means nothing. Gimme, gimme, gimme a malt liquor after midnight. Yeah, yeah, I can do it. Uh, I, as you boys and as our longtime listeners know, I am the malt liquor connoisseur of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club. That is true. Uh, I drank nothing but malt liquor all through college. Yeah, actually started a little bit earlier than that in high school, but <laughs> I hung out with this guy a lot, so he made me drink normal beers. Uh, he was embarrassed to use his fake ID to buy malt liquor. I do have standards, Kate. I wouldn't have needed an ID to buy malt liquor. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, but I, take it. But I considered myself, and the doctor as well, we consider ourselves malt liquor connoisseurs. We drank you know, everything from your typical, your St. Ides, your Old English, then we'd venture off into some of the, you know, the King Cobras, um... Just some of my favorites. Then you have your Mickey's. Nowadays, Steel Reserve is up there. Nowadays, you got so many fruit-flavored in, infusions into the malt liquor market. Got blackberry, malt liquor, uh, fruit punch, and whatnot. Um, in my in my uh, current, uh, where I am at my life, I don't drink nearly as much as I used to, which is progress. <laughs> uh, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Some would say, thanks, wife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I still like it, and I still I, I always but I like the taste. I didn't drink it just to get fucked up in college. I legitimately liked the taste of malt liquor over what most of the guys were doing, which was light beer. Yeah. Why would I go drink a twelve pack? I was a big guy. Why would I drink a sixteen pack of Natty Light or Miller Light to get me fucked up when I could drink one sixty four ounce <laughs> jug? I'm talking the handle jug of Old English for three bucks. I'm good for the night, man. Well, I usually get two of them. Just, I'd, I'd get a little bit into that other one. But uh, I just I, I preferred the taste to it, and it was just so much more economical. Okay. And you just had to drink a lot less of it. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's many nights where we'd pound down 
24, 25 beers apiece. And, uh, that's the one thing, you know, I was saying the other day, this podcast has really spoiled me as a beer drinker. Yeah. I used to, and I was thinking, you actually popped up, Tut. I was thinking, when I first met Tut uh, years ago before the podcast, I remember I had him over, I was grilling, and I think uh, the doctor was here. And I vaguely I remember And that. I didn't really know Tut too well at that yeah. point, so I remember like giving you a call to see what kind of beer I was going to buy a bunch of beer for hanging mm-hmm. out at the house. And but I remember I bought just like a case of Shiner Bach and like a case of like some random domestic, and like I would never, ever do that now. I can't remember the last time I bought normal beer. Yeah, yeah. Like, if I'm, if I'm drinking beer, I'm going for something interesting. I'm going for, you know, I'm never going for anything just plain Jane, you know. It's always a, a, a fascinating new IPA or even a... I actually tried to go uh, Michelob Ultra for a little bit because I was trying to watch the weight. Still am, but uh, I was just like, why? Why even do this? I mean, just just go for water. It. Yeah, you're not going to get drunk. Yeah. And what's the point? But I mean, I bet it you was I, it was very boring. That's what I meant. That's, uh, but yeah, to that point, real quick, and we'll move on. I bet you sell more Michelob Ultralight at your pub, O'Brien's oh, yeah. Irish Pub in downtown Historic Temple, Texas, than any other beer, probably. No, not for us, no. But I mean, we sell a what's lot. What's your number one selling beer? Miller Light, Bud Light. It's not Guinness. Coors it's not Guinness. It is Guinness. Is yeah! it Guinness? <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? Yes. Good job. Well, that's because it costs more. No, I mean... You sell like, more physical Guinnesses or you make more m- money... I sell more physical Guinnesses. Wow, that's really... Well, they are an Irish pub, so when more, everybody goes that, there, I gotta be Irish. That warms my that, heart. Give me the yeah. Guinness. Maybe my faith in humanity is restored just a bit yeah, by that not. news. Mine's but I mean, like, in terms of our... You know, Wait, is this Guinness Ultralight? No. <laughs> okay. God, do they even make that? I hope not. <laughs> God, I hope not. We've got Guinness like, get out of here. <laughs> They're actually like, uh, yeah, boys, we do. Uh, really? Okay, good. Oh. I like it. How do you guys like the beer? I like it. I like it a lot. Surprisingly, it's... I, I was thinking it's going to taste weird, like lager at 8%. Like, yeah. No. And it I tastes was, good. And I was totally bluffing when you were like, you just wanted this on, before the show, when you're like... I know why you got this beer. You finally snuck a malt liquor in here. I was like, oh, that's what they call it? Dude, I totally knew it. <laughs> yeah. Fine. And, and the doctor's very pissed off that he couldn't be here tonight. But, hey. No, I like it. It's a little bit thicker than the lager present. I'm, I'm still waiting uh, that for that one show where we he just pulls out a couple of giant bottles of King Cobra. Like, today, this is the show. We did King Cobra the movie. That would have been the perfect time. But somebody's got a problem with malt liquor unless it's winning malt liquor awards over in the Philippines. Now it's cool. <laughs> It's good. Ooh. It's 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 really uh, thick. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Very. But it still remains. It still it still has a, a nice crisp presence to it. It does. Uh, so it's got that little maltiness to it, but it's still crisp. And you're cranking up the uh, the ABV a little bit, but it's not even close to being medicinal. A lot of yeah. times when people pour in ABV and the the alcohol, it's like it gets a little medicinal tasting. And I'm just like, if you can't control that, then. You're I'll not be, impressing me. I'll and be honest. They're I, doing it well. I'm too deep, and I'm already a little bit warmer inside. Well, maybe the next Western we can do, we can just crack open a nice frosty six-pack of Colt 45. If you guys are down. <laughs> He's so ready for this. Hey, you guys have wanted to do Star Wars stuff on here forever. That's the only way I'll do it. Is <laughs> Billy, <laughs> get a Billy I, I can D tie Colt it in with, the Billy, with Billy D. 
right. Well, you know what? <laughs> Take that on. What else do we do today? Unless a bull is going to break through this <laughs> wall right here, there's going to be no. Our luck, it's going to be the Kool Aid man. You know, he is. Billy D is the male Adrian Barbeau. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Hello, lovers. You thirsty? Can we just sit them like at a table across each other? Oh, God. You think we beat off as it is? I mean. Yeah, I was about to say, if you do, I'm starting a porn channel on that. Uh, that's a great idea. <laughs> I just like to do, film a movie with them, like at a dinner scene, just them talking to each other. Hey, baby. Hey, la- hey, lover. <laughs> oh, baby. You want to split the lasagna? Oh, you know I do. <laughs> <laughs> Which one's talking? <laughs> it doesn't matter, lover. <laughs> Pass the Parmesan, honey. <laughs> you got it, big daddy. That'd be great. Hmm? I add that to my list of other cool shit I'll never get to see in life. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Wait, these kind of thoughts are why I started drinking malt liquor in the first place. To run from my disappointments in life. Uh, we'll get to those later. I've got a list at the end. Uh, strap on, boys. Uh, nothing's coming out right tonight. Uh, what else do we do? We, we talked about the beer. Uh, I say I'm ready to do a... Tuesday night... Cigar Club. We smoke cigars. We love cigars. Premium cigars. Meant only for adults. That's right. Kids don't smoke these. Only adults with good taste do. Tonight we're smoking a really cool looking cigar. It is the Archetype Sacred Scales by Ventura Cigar Company. We've heard Scales or stones? I've heard that before. Yes. Sacred Scales. Did I write Sacred Stones on you that? Did. Sacred like, Stones. Well, that'd, that'd be yeah. a good name for us. But a my Sacred Stones are getting warmer by the minute, <laughs> <laughs> thanks to Red Horse Malt Liquor. Uh, it is Sacred Scales. I'm sorry. Well, okay. That, uh, that makes the band all more. What actually <laughs> says Sacred Scales right there in the band? Well, it, but you didn't. I, look, I acknowledge I was wrong. Just let me go, okay? <laughs> sorry. And it's really, you were saying, it's a really cool band. It's got scales. It's got like a, is that a wolf? It's got a wolf between the scales of justice. It's like the head of Anubis himself. It's I was about to say, it does kind of look more Anubis it, than a regular wolf. Fine. For our audience, I'll ask, what does Anubis mean? But it's a bit more shaggy than Anubis, right? A little bit. Anubis is the Egyptian god of death. I know that. With I was the asking a, for our audience. The head of a dog. Head of a... Not uh, necessarily a wolf. Head of a dog, man. A, a body of a man. Yes. Gotcha. Which is a lot more intimidating than the opposite. Maybe we should have reviewed the A guy's head on a wolf body. <laughs> we should have reviewed the mummy. That's our idea, Kevin Smith. Leave it alone. Yeah, we'll make a movie out of that. Oh, by the way, real quick, speaking of Kevin Smith, uh, the doctor just posted his review of Jay and Silent Bob's reboot. Oh, yeah. Brand new Kevin Smith movie. It's out for rent. Go check it out. If you're a Kevin Smith fan or if you're thinking about watching the flick, go to our website and read the doctor's review first. I tend to agree with... I th- I thought the doctor was a little too kind, just out of nostalgia's sake. I watched the movie and uh, I f- I felt a little bit harsher towards it, but go read it. It's a good read. Okay. And he's gonna have a lot more reviews coming on there. So go to the website. There's a lot of stuff going on there that don't happen here. That does not happen here. Uh, the Sacred Scales. It is a six by fifty two Toro wrapper. Guess. Wrapper. Guess. Corojo. No. Pendejo. Not even close. Tobacco. Mexican San Andres. Ooh. And there's a lot of it. 
It is an Ecuadorian binder and Nicaraguan filler. Interesting. Uh, we tend, I'm not sure about you, Tut and I tend to like Mexican San Andres wrappers. I do, wrappers. I do. The archetype Chapter 3 Sacred Scales uses a Mexican San Andres wrapper over an Ecuadorian binder and fillers from Nicaragua. It's offered in three sizes, this being the Toro we're setting on fire here tonight. The cigar was blended by legendary master blender Ernesto Perez Carrillo for Michael Giannini and Ventura Cigar Company. We actually spent a lot of time time with Michael this last year. He did a cigar rolling seminar at all the Drew Estate Barn Smokers. Uh, he is quite a unique character. Very unique. When extremely looked, patient. That's what I liked about it. Well, when Tut looked at the cigar as we were taking pictures, he's like, that's a very 80s-inspired band. And I was like, well, it's going to make a lot of sense. <laughs> Who rolled this thing? Uh, I mean, Mike, Mike, Michael's a very uh, distinctive dresser, and a lot of it is very... I, I, I was quite very 80s, but very, like... It's eye-catching. Shit that probably is... You know, his, his shirts probably cost more than our plane tickets. Oh, yeah. Uh, but he's a very his, wrist, his wristlets cost more than that. Very very nice guy. Been in the business a long time. Um, Super patient. If you go out to one of the yeah. Drew Estate barn smokers, uh, the last couple of years I think he's uh, just been last there. year I think was his first. Just year. Th- just last year. Uh, it's really cool. He was there at every one of the barn smokers. Uh, he was giving a rolling seminar. So basically, what you do is you will go up, you sit down at his table, and he teaches you how to roll a cigar. He'll take you through all the. All the different steps of it, and you know, you get your you get a whole bunch of people out there having a good time smoking cigars and pounding down shots after shots after shots. Then they walk up to your cigar rolling table that I, I'm assuming takes a little bit of talent and finesse. And this dude is so patient with them. I yeah. mean, it was really cool talking with him and watching him work. Uh, he was a really nice guy, very knowledgeable guy, and we are going to. Talk about his cigar. We've never featured a Ventura cigar on the podcast. So and to, I am looking forward to this because every time that we go to a barn smoker, I never get one of his cigars. I am too busy working. They never give me one. They give you guys one. Well, they, here's the thing. Only at a cigar festival would this work. I'll be standing there filming the, the blending seminar, and a man I don't know will reach into my pocket of my shorts, put two long, round objects in there, and like... Give me a little tap and walk away. And only at a cigar festival am I like, thanks. I mean, I may do that other places, but that's none of your business. Well, yeah, they, 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 we've got slipped a few. Okay, so um, what? So I what if I'm jealous that a strange man hasn't put two long cylindrical objects <laughs> in my pocket? Okay, I'm a little jealous about that. I think my shorts <laughs> were just baggier. You tend to wear very, very skin hugging. I thought he would like that. <laughs> really want those cigars. <laughs> Uh, well, you got your wish. You're smoking one tonight. This is cool. I, can but tell I will you. say, I will say this. I think uh, I'm not used to seeing the San Andreas that light. I, th- I thought it, it was is, a little yeah, bit darker. It is, a, it is a little bit lighter than a lot of the ones we've seen. Okay. Uh, yeah. Let me tell you a little bit about the story behind this. The archetype line of cigars heralds the hero's journey, a common storytelling arc that has been shared across cultures and throughout time. The brand is composed of the highly rated cigars Dream State. Sage Advice, Strange Passage, Initiation, and Axis Mundi. In addition to the 2018 three-cigar miniseries, Crystals, Curses, and Cloaks. This is like Dungeons and Dragons stuff. You should Heck love yeah. this. Yeah, I am. I'm kind of This, The Sacred Scales, is Chapter 3 in the Hero's Journey storyline. According to Half Wheel, Cigar Media, who we're not beefing with currently at the moment, Archetype is based... <laughs> 
on the work of psychologist Dr. Carl Jung, who wrote Jungian. about who Jungian. wrote. Huh? It's a philosophy standard. Jungian. Yes. For all you out there who didn't ah. know. He wrote about the concept of archetypes in the writings of mythographer Joseph Campbell, who applied them to the idea of a hero's journey, which is often found in storytelling, and defined archetypes as the constantly repeating characters who occur in the dreams of all people and the myths of all cultures. That's true. That's a lot of backstory and thought put into this cigar. And imagine that, guys. We've got some real heroes on a journey in tonight's film, don't we? True, except do. they they do not portray the the rejection of the call to action. We have a lot of heroes in tonight's film tonight, don't we, boys? Yes, yes, we do. Pairs perfectly yeah. with the cigar. Yes. We have a movie that was shot in the Philippines. We have a Filipino beer, and we have a movie full of heroes <laughs> on a journey, much like the Sacred Scales. I'm just going to call it the Sacred Stones, regardless. We have a and bunch you, of heroes you, with stones, I'm and we're going to kick you and your sacred stones in a minute. <laughs> and before you light the cigar, roll for initiative. Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, one. <laughs> light up. Hmm. Did you guys get anything on the cold draw? Yeah, there's a there's a fruitiness to it. it I was going to say a general sweetness. Yeah. I, I couldn't identify. I'm not and. It, I'll go with fruitiness because it's like it's not sugar. Yeah, it's not. It's but and, and I mean, it's not the it's not the normal sweetness coming from the San just Andreas. The, just the aroma from the wrapper. I'm not. I mean, I didn't get much. Very, on this. It's it's very clean yep. tobacco. So I'm not picking up any distinctive thing. But yeah. that fruitiness, a very uh, strong. That's uh, kind of cool. Uh, hay, slight earthiness. Earthiness, some hay, but mainly that you both picked up on that mm. sweetness. Okay. As you guys light up, I will come back for first impressions here in just a sec. Let me introduce tonight's film. The film. The film. We do three things every episode, Yaks. What do we do? We hopefully smoke a delicious cigar. We hopefully drink a delicious beer. And we hopefully watch a thoughtful, engaging film that... Stimulates. Talks about relevant topics to the day and or the human condition. What do I say about every movie? I want all I ask is two things: stimulate my mind and stimulate my sacred stones. Well, tonight's film does both. I think we can all agree. Does it? 1988's Robo War. Oh yes. <laughs> Written by Rosella Drudy and Claudio Fragasso. The two of them would collaborate two years later on what has been called the worst film ever made, 1990's Troll 2. <laughs> I'm not sure about this. They actually made uh, a film called The Worst Film Ever Made about Troll 2. Because, which, in fact, it had nothing to do with the first troll. Or anything having to do with humanity. or It almost fractured the... <laughs> yeah, go see Troll 2 if you if you we're not doing it on the show. God's sakes, soon. don't ever put it on the big screen. It could fracture time and space <laughs> itself. Uh, and that takes a lot for me to say we're never doing something on the show. Yeah. Uh, and tonight's movie is directed by the highly prolific uh, Bruno Mattai. Uh, here's just a couple that I know. Uh, he's got a very long filmography. 1983's Women's Prison Massacre. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. 1987 Strike Commando, which in Italy was Rambo 3, before Rambo 3. Uh, 1988 Zombie 3, which in Italy was Dawn of the Dead 3. This guy loves numbers. And in 1989 Shocking Dark, in Italy known as Terminator 2. <laughs> Essentially, if you had Italian financing to rip off an American movie franchise and film it in the Philippines, this is, this your, is guy. your guy. This is who you want behind the camera. Uh, <laughs> That's a whole little microcosm of film over there. Nobody else is ripping off stuff like those guys. Uh, and in their own special way. We'll get to that. Uh, Tut, what are you thinking over there? <coughs> Pass. It's a little jalapeno on the nose. Uh, I'm getting some uh, really nice uh, jalapeno spice on the nose. Not too overpowering. I'm not over the... I'm not over. I'm not over here crying, but uh, and then I, I'm not quite sure what I'm getting on the draw. I, it's very early on, but uh, so far it's it's just kind of an earthiness, uh, which I guess I attribute to the Nicaraguan tobacco. I can I can agree with that. The spice, the jalapeno, the spice and the earthiness is going really well. It's a very uh, sometimes you get that spice on the nose. You're like, you know, is that more like a, a pepper or is it like a black pepper? Or is that more like this? Is to me very clearly like you know reminiscent of fresh jalapeno, yeah, uh, the fresh on, jalapeno burn. On the palate, you're definitely right about the earth. Uh, it's got a little bit of a dirt to it. Uh, I haven't really gone into the a little bit of earthy and mineral on the draw, and uh, yeah, that spice. It's nice so far, and I imagine it's going to go very well with the beer. I think so because it's a pleasant cigar right now. It is that uh, I did have to clip it about one more time. It had a little bit of a tight draw. But I clipped it uh, just an extra time with the with the clippers, and it's. Drawn. I went ahead when you told me that. I went ahead and just it's chopped yeah, off. Same it's here. drawn like a dream now. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I haven't had any draw problems with it. With this kind of uh, weighty of a beer, I think that jalapeno is going to work with it really nice. Um, especially since there's no IBUs in the beer. Yeah. Um, give you give you some tingling on the cigar. Um, well, boys, what a film this is. Let's start off, uh, man. Oh, man. So we kick things off with a U.S. military helicopter, Black Eagle, flying in distress. Its circuits and equipment have been compromised, and it's barely hanging in there as they radio Mayday back to base. Did you get to catch the name of their bases, their radio handle? I did not. Black Eagle to Red Dog. Black Eagle to Red Dog. Red Dog. That was another uh, beer I drank a lot of in college. You guys remember Red Dog? <laughs> oh, yes. They still make yeah. that? Yes. No. They do. They? I thought they didn't. I think they do, Oh, okay. oh man! I haven't seen it in ages. Why not do a Red Dog episode? No, I, I mean I'm sorry. They they don't make it <laughs> anymore. It's uh... I read an article in Beer Magazine the other day. It's gone. It's gone uh, forever. Um. While all this is going on in the sky, there's a mysterious figure down below in the jungle shooting a shitload of mortar shells at a compound. As we see its digitized, pixelated view of its surroundings, <laughs> and we hear it chattering away in a robotic voice. As buildings are just getting blown to smithereens all around, it's like tracking target, receive, on target, fishing circuit, target received, received, received. Also, how can this thing see anything? Well, that's that's no, I'm gonna I'm gonna get that later. But his, his point of view is just a garbled mess. Uh, well, base uh, red dog. Informs Black Eagle that the Omega-1 prototype is down there performing his mission below, according to plan perfectly, 
Despite the airmen insisting that Omega-1's memory banks must be damaged, as they've lost all contact with it. And their story that something is amiss seems to check out, because suddenly Omega-1 looks up in the sky to the helicopter, target acquired, and it blows it out of the sky. Uh, Omega-1. So we cut to a military debriefing room where an old school projector slideshow is introducing us to an elite unit. Elite. Unit. Question. $200 question. What is something no one will ever refer to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club as? An elite unit. I, I, I refer to us as that all the time. You wanted the best. They weren't available. They're still elite, though, right? No. You got Corporal Neil Corey. He's an expert in heavy weapons and has top marksman ratings. And as he goes to a slideshow, it's them in these little poses. <laughs> Private Larry Gorino, crack reconnaissance man, also known as Diddy Bop. Diddy Bop. Alfred Bray, ex-Vietnam medical officer who wears loud Hawaiian shirts and smokes a pipe. He goes by Papa Doc. Papa Doc looks like an elite mercenary soldier. He looks like an elite party animal is what he looks like. <laughs> yeah, but I can't hear that name and not think about Action Jackson. Huh. Was there a Papa Doc in there? Yes, there was. Oh. And then there's Sonny Feel, martial arts master, also known as Blood. I'm sorry, that's a poor name. Blood? Sonny well, how could Field? he have... Oh. I mean, why wasn't he just known <laughs> as... Blood? That's terrible. So who am I in the scene <laughs> with today? Blood. Ah! Well, why did they just call him Sonny? No. I mean, you can't have a name like oh, Sonny. No, no, Sonny Feels with an S would be important. <laughs> Sonny Feels. And it'd be a girl's name. Sonny Feel is a guy. Or Sonny Peel. They say Sonny Feel in the opening thing, but they call him Peel in the whole movie. There's a lot of those names that get all screwed. It doesn't matter. <laughs> then there's Nung Kuo. Yay! Forward Scout and Point Taker. Renamed Quang by someone. We don't know who. He's a carryover from the Vietnam War. Yeah. Of course he is. And finally, their squad leader, Major Murphy Black, a multi-decorated field officer who's better known by his great nickname. I want you guys to start calling me Killzone. Kills Hey, that'd be a good porn star. <laughs> no, that wouldn't. But why don't we just call him Captain America? Let's see. This scene. All right. Uh, Sunny Fields, you are in a scene with blood and kill zone. Sunny, come on in if you want to take a seat on the couch. All right. You are going to tutoring lessons. Your math tutor is going to be played today by. Ooh. It's going to be fun. Kill zone. Uh. I think that's great. <laughs> but how was I supposed to know that? <laughs> End of slideshow. Uh, man. <laughs> but we forgot to say who the the leader is. All right. I was going to save it till we actually got into the... We saw him on screen in the flesh. But I knew this was going to drive you crazy. Because I know one of his movies you are a huge fan of. I won't say I'm a huge Did fan. you recognize Major Murphy Black Killzone? He looked familiar, I but I, I was too lazy to even look it up. <sighs> I knew it instantly. Captain America. The 1970s TV movies of Captain America? Okay, yeah, I wasn't. I, that wasn't even what With I was... With the plastic shield and the motorcycle helmet? That's not what he I was thinking. He had a helmet and you, a mask on. That's not, I figured you'd get Captain America, but that's not where I thought that you would... Which, way, which way were you going with this? Your. Oh, yeah, well. 
Yes. You're the, the what was he, the hunt, the swordsman of the... Oh, the sword and... Uh, what's no, it's just called Yor. Uh, Yor, the hunter from the future. Yes. Is the name of the movie. Okay. It was a terrible, terrible... <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Sonny Fields, come on in. Uh, we're going to have a choice for you today on the scene. You are a housewife who's called in the plumber to work on your dishwasher. Uh, when you're bending over to show him the problem, you get stuck in there, and your your apron kind of rides up a little bit, and you get some ideas. You can either choose from these two fellas. They're both on set today, ready to have some fun with you. we got Kill Zone, your Sunny Fields. Your. Your. And no, tell no. them what they want. Oh, no. It was... I'd go Sunny Pills. <laughs> and Yor was just a terrible movie. Trying to cash in on all the fantasy. I mean... Oh, Sunny Con- Pills is the girl. The Bar- Blood yeah, is the good. other porn star. Conan the Barbarian came out. Kroll. Then you had Beastmaster. Beastmaster. Then you had Kroll. Wait, you guys are putting this like as not a terrible movie? Uh, in comparison to Yor? Robo War? Yeah. Oh, we'll get to that. Oh no no! This ro- ro- there Robo are is like worse way- movies out there. <laughs> Aren't there? Let me get started. No wait, we don't have that kind of time. Uh, I think we're on two different pages here, but that's what the show's for. We'll <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. End of slideshow. A man dressed in civilian clothes named Masher turns to the mustache dude running the show. He's in uniform guy. Why do they all have nicknames? He asks. You should know what the group is called. B-A-M. Bam? Bam? Big ass motherfuckers. <laughs> Come on. <coughs> They're anti-gorilla experts who know the area well, and they are the military's best hope for finding Omega-1. <laughs> of course they are. Masher likes the sound of that. And then we cut to these two same dudes, Masher and the mustache guy, sitting in front of a chintzy little aquarium for some reason, drinking rum that's poured to them by this African-American servant. Oh, and, and he's giving them cigarettes. What the hell was that? Why couldn't they just talk? Right there in the right same there, scene? same scene. <laughs> it's like they stopped the conversation. All right, let's pick it up out there. Uh, Let's adjourn to the veranda. But <laughs> it's not a veranda. We'll just be sitting next to an aquarium. It's the lobby of the Filipino Holiday Inn. We got it for one hour. Let's do this. I think that was pretty much it. Masters told by the uh, uniform mustache man that the BAM squad will neutralize Omega-1, but they'll have to be left in the dark as to the top secret nature of the Omega-1 project. So, Masher, you'll accompany them under the false pretense of being the mission's technical advisor to ensure they never learn the whole truth. So you cooked up a story and you dropped us in a meat grinder. I do not like things that start off based in lies. That's true. Yeah. Well, other than this podcast. We then join BAM, the BAM team as they drink beers, smoke weed, and listen to rock music on a boat far out at sea on their way to begin their top secret mission in Batu Batu. Fun fact, that was real weed that they were smoking. Mm-hmm. Did you do research? No, I, by research, I mean I was so bored I clicked on the trivia button in Amazon Prime. It told me that. Yeah, it said they were. <laughs> which, they looked like cigarettes. And I yeah. couldn't figure out why they were smoking their cigarettes so weird. They were like cupping them and like looking up at the sun. And I was like, what the hell are these guys doing? But like, yeah, there's, I think they were supposed to be... I guess they were just really expertly rolled. It took us four days to shoot this one scene. <laughs> 
Nobody could remember their damn lines. There were no lines. It didn't, it didn't say whether anybody else was smoking it. It just said the boat driver. He was smoking real weed. Oh, okay. I'm fairly certain that meant everybody was smoking it. Hey, who's the gray-haired dude? Uh, Corey? Yeah, Corey. Okay. Uh, his full name, because uh, it's going to come into play later, Corporal Neil Corey. Um, and who's the other, uh, there's another one, uh, straight black-haired guy. That's Diddy Bop. Diddy Bop. All right. Just want to, want to get my character straight. Okay, I should print it out a little handy guy with little <laughs> pictures. I could draw a little cartoon picture of their face next to their names. You needed to on this one. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, the the scout, uh, the point man, Quang. Quang, I do know is Quang. Cleaning his fingernails with a large knife. Of course. K bar. Uh, Diddy Bop plays with his boombox stereo. Kind of like. A lot like the guys on their way into the mission in Predator, isn't it? Yeah, but they didn't have um, that sweet, sweet soundtrack. While the others bust each other's balls and kind of... You want Little Richard? Joke. We got Big Joe. <laughs> Fat Joe? No, Big Joe. Uh, Italian Joe. <laughs> Italian Joe. Uh, but the others just kind of break each other's balls and just do their best to pretend like they're in the movie Predator. Uh, in case it's not obvious to anyone yet, or if I've failed and have not made it obvious... This movie is a total Predator ripoff. An expert commando squad joined by an inside man sent off to fight a high-tech enemy while being fed a giant web of lies. Yes, but it also appears to have been shot on a budget of $5 10 years prior. <laughs> oh, this no, is this, before? No, no, this is 88. I know, but it literally looks like oh, it was no, shot it in the... Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> when they reach uh, Batu well, Batu... And that also, he also... Uh, uh, Red Brown was in uh, Uncommon Valor. That was his was. That was kind of his one legit. Yes. Kind of, uh, uh, he was also in Strike Commando, Bruno Matai's Rambo 3. He played the oh. Rambo character. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Uh, who was mighty here? <laughs> uh, when they reach Batu Batu, they grab their gear and exit the boat. <laughs> Boy, do they. And that's when we see that their leader, tough guy, Major Murphy Killzone Black, is wearing an aqua blue half t-shirt with matching blue slacks. And not ironically. Like, that's what he wore to the mission. It's Yeah, he did. It's a half blue t-shirt with some sailboats on Rocket. it. Rocket. That comes right below his nipples. Rocket. I want that shirt. And then he's got some blue slacks on with a little white belt. I totally want that shirt. And he's acting tough in it. Like, he's getting in dudes' faces. Yeah. Yeah, I am. <laughs> You talk to me, you son of a bitch. Okay. <laughs> like, you're leading this yeah. thing? Yeah. You find something funny? <laughs> I'm the only one with the balls to wear this. Of course I'm leading these men. They were all dressed very uh, casually. Which they were in Predator, too. They were in guys, Predator. But yeah. Not this casual. This guy would have got his head chopped off by Duarte. Just on sight. Well, you know, you thought it was, you know, somewhat hilarious, you know, as they're exiting the helicopter and Predator, you know, Ventura gets out with, like, the seashell. Puka shells, touchdown. Oh, I'm so glad you said touchdown, because that's accurate. I, I'm not going to lie. I actually think I've seen him in your house. Well, I mean, uh, Bill Duke gets out, and you know, he's wearing, like, a three-piece, a three-piece suit. Three-piece like business he's, suit. You know. I'm not saying when we crashed at your house and I found him in your guest room that I danced around wearing your puka shell necklace. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm in the 90s. And the doctor laughed for like two hours. 
but that might have happened. You know, speaking of, I don't think I've seen those since you guys have been there. Moving on. <clears throat> uh, Masher greets them at the dock right. and informs Major Murphy that their mission is simple. You just got to beach two rafts, and I'm coming with you. My team works alone. General Jackson knows that. But Not Masher, this time, old buddy. Masher explains, we all have our orders. All right, this is dialogue exactly <laughs> from Predator. Like, they didn't even change this stuff up. Uh, I was just waiting for him to start yelling, why do I even supposed to know that? <laughs> Murphy Nobody explained it to me. knows damn well that the slimy masher is withholding info from him. This isn't his first covert op rodeo. Got anything more? Oh, look at the smoke pouring out the uh, yeah. head of that cigar. Yeah. Get anything else on it? Uh, I'm definitely getting like a a spice on the retro hill, but I can't really identify it as jalapeno yet. Hatch chilies. Is it? Maybe. Uh-oh. I haven't really... I mean, it's definitely like a peppery-type spice, but... The uh, earthiness in the mineral become a lot stronger as the cigar, now that I'm about an inch in. It was kind of slow build, slow to start. Yeah. Um, but the earth, that Nicaraguan profile is really making itself known. And I hate to say, but yeah, it really is. And to me, it's kind of been there from the start, except... Uh, and I hate, I hate describing something this way, because I hate the... I hate it, but it's kind of... I mean, it works in this. It's a little vegetable oily. Uh, it's that mineral vegetable oil from the Nicaraguan, but the, it's like a vegetable oil that's really kind of... I've never heard... It's, it's on the palate. I've uh, never heard vegetable oil used in the description of cigars. Well, there you go. I've heard vegetal, like a uh, just kind of a generic descriptive, which I never really understood, but uh, never vegetable oil. I would go more canola. A little canola oil. I got a little bit of peanut oil. Uh, I just I just assumed no, no, it was no. a little bit of the Quaker state. I just assumed it was the mineral kicking in, and then there was a little oiliness to it. Mm-hmm. To me, that's what it. Kinda, so it's a weird profile for you. You're having uh, a hard time pinning it down. Yeah, I mean, but it's a pleasant profile. I mean, the palate is great. Uh, I can't really identify what's going on in the retro hill right now, but the palate is beautiful. It's like it was. Uh, it's in just Western. a. It's 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 like the lighter shade of Nicaraguan. That's kind of the way I'm kind of doing it, and I'm guessing that's okay. just because of the sweetness from the San Andreas. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, burn lines straight across. Everything's been smooth sailing on that. Yep. You enjoying it yet? I am. I like it. And I think it's going great with the beer, actually. Is that a is that wrapper on thick? I mean, because there's almost like a ring around mine. It's like a it's like. Ah. It's like a I, thick roll of that wrapper. I, I noticed it on the foot before I, I lit don't, it. I don't know if that is... Well, yeah, it's a pretty thick... Yeah, now that I'm looking at it, it's a pretty thick fucking wrapper. I mean, obviously you have the binder underneath it. Yeah. But just that wrapper leaf, it does look... It's like there's layers It was so it. good they wrapped it twice. It looks pretty dense. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I noticed that on the foot before I lit it, and I've just, I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen a wrapper... I'm assuming that's wrapper... Uh, that many layers deep. Well, I don't think it's. I mean, because you, you, yeah, I, I can I can see the wrapper in the binder, I, but that the outer wrapper is a little bit thicker than yeah. a, than. A, that would be a question for Michael Giannini. Yeah. And he's a cool enough guy. He'd probably be like, yeah, let me tell you what's going on. Uh, oh, I'm sure he would. Um, so where were we here? Oh, Murphy knows damn well that that slimy masher, that government agents with holy info from him. This isn't his first. I kind of like Masher, man. Uh, I thought he was the guy from Grizzly who wore the bear skin, like the anthropologist. <laughs> he looked a lot like him, didn't he? He did. It wasn't him. You know who else doesn't withhold 
you know who doesn't what? withhold valuable information? Who? That's right, Todd. Our buddy Joe Grow over at Drew Estate. No, oh, he doesn't. And he has shared with us the lowdown on a very special cigar that I'd like to talk to you about right now. All right. You ready? You sitting down? I'm, I'm sitting. Yeah. I can't see you. I've drank too many red horses. Oh, okay. <laughs> you guys are going to have to walk me through the rest of the show. <laughs> uh, the Pappy Van Winkle's Family Reserve Barrel Fermented Cigar is a long filler premium cigar rolled in limited quantities at La Gran Fabrica Drew Estate in Esteli, Nicaragua. Deep barrel fermentation is the key process that makes this expression vastly different from anything on the market. Hand-selected leaves from Kentucky are packed into small torquettes, or bundles of tobacco for you numb nuts, which, not you audience, so I was talking to these guys, which are then loaded strategically into oak bourbon barrels. Water is then added while immense pressure is applied to the torquettes via railroad jacks. The tobacco is removed two to three times per year, shaken out, then repacked. We have seen this process in person, and it's, uh, we have. it's fascinating. The total process of fermentation takes 12 to 18 months, leaving a truly unique flavor profile and aroma. The Pappy Van Winkle's Family Reserve Barrel Fermented is now available at brick-and-mortar Drew Diplomat retailers everywhere. Everywhere. Forever, these were only available on the PappyCo.com site, directly from uh, Pappy Van Winkle. Now you can get them anywhere. anywhere. If, you the, if you want that cool pig size, though, you got to go to PappyCo. Yeah. yeah, I haven't had that one yet. Me neither. By the way, if you're nobody the slipped that in my pocket yet. <laughs> if you're out there and you want to slip it in my pocket, then slide into my DMs. We'll talk. By the way, if you're in the Gulf Coast area and you're interested, uh, join the Dura State crew as they host the Barn Smokers in uh, the Louisiana area. Yeah, usually in October. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is. One of the most unique tobacco experiences. Uh, had a good time. You'll have. We last two years we had a good time. Huh. So are y'all going to be able to do that thing? You really want to go there? <laughs> no, you're not going to do that thing. I said, do you really want to? Yeah, I wasn't oh, gonna. I can go there. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, Yak boy and I. Breaking news. You really need to come in with a like a. Breaking news. Breaking news. Center. Breaking center. More breaking news. Uh, yes, Yak Boy and I will be. Uh, we have been invited to, and Tut was invited as well, but he he can't make the trip due to prior commitments. Math face. Uh, <laughs> Tut is in the midst of the school year, um, and we have been invited to spend a few days down at Drew Estate in Nicaragua uh, soon, and we are going to uh, make make the make beautiful cigars. Make, yes. make the hero's journey down there. Uh, we will uh, kind of get the cigar safari experience, get to blend our own cigars, get to see what... We've seen the American side where the yeah. tobacco's grown. Yeah. We spent a lot of time out in the fields. This will be the factory side, the blending side. So uh, definitely want to look on the website. We'll be... Uh, since Tut's not gone, we're just going to take some pictures. And yeah. <laughs> Uh, just, I was about to say just, if, if if while you're down there, if you wanted to like start working up some getting some film gear down there, I, I wasn't like, I wasn't going to do anything to be honest. You could be like, hey Joe, you know we should really get Tut down here and do this whole thing upright, like the barn smokers. And then you hey, know, look, you said you can't go. You can't like I can go if. No, 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 I can't uh, go this time. Look, share. <laughs> trying to work a second time. Uh, uh, okay, okay. Well, we'll see what we can do. Uh, usually, <laughs> usually when we're invited somewhere, they only invite you <laughs> graciously uh, a first time. There's not usually a second, a second time. <laughs> uh, a 
Castilly, Nicaragua burns to the ground. News at 11. <laughs> we just found a couple of bottles of red. Dozens <laughs> of bottles of this Filipino oh, beer yeah. outside the factory fire. <laughs> and there's some Caucasian trying to imitate a guy named Pedro. We, Who we, here we, likes. We saw. We, we have one witness. I stumbled over there. It, I saw a guy looked a lot like Cigar Coop. Uh, he had a flamethrower when he was drinking Red Horse. <laughs> Sir, you're holding a Red Horse. <laughs> Gotta go. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be fun. So uh, we will keep you posted on that one. Look on our Insta stories. I'm gonna post I was about some, to say, take crap tons of pictures of pics me. of me eating a lot of uh, Nicaraguan meat. Okay. That sounded... Yeah. <laughs> we're going to be beaten off the whole time we're there. And by the way, it's snowing. Welcome and, to the winter. And during the, the commercial break where we didn't do a commercial, uh, it's snowing here in Central Texas. Awesome. Yeah. But, y'all laughed at me for my layers. And Tide has covered his cactus at home with a tarp, so it'll be safe. That is correct, as long as we don't turn the lights on. Because if you turn your lights on to watch the beautiful snow falling... The water fountain kicks on. The water fountain that you drape the tarp over will activate and kill the cactus. That's correct. High drama in the corner of No Hope tonight. Will the water fountain kill the cactus? Could there be any more problems defined as white people problems? We'll never know. If you want to follow this, I will open up a YouTube channel. uh, 24-7 coverage on my cactus and the water fountain. I'll be watching. Uh, after a couple more red horses, it's not going <laughs> yeah, to take, take a lot to entertain me. Uh, Kate, you've been watching that cactus for like seven hours. I just don't know if it's going to bounce back. Fuck off. <laughs> All right. The BAM team beaches their rafts. Hey, that was their mission. That Be- was their beach mission. The rafts. Beach the rafts. They beach two rafts done. on a nearby island, and they are changed out of their cabana wear. They're heavily armed now, and they're ready for action. And get this. Desk Monkey Masher is dressed in fatigues as well, with his shirt unbuttoned all the way down and his vest open, showing his hairy gut hanging out. (laughs) He's clearly an out-of-shape pencil pusher, but I don't think this was done for comedy one bit. Because what I've learned, I've watched a lot of these Italian rip-off movies over the years, they have no sense of self-aware comedy. Like, There's no, like, we'll put this in there because it'll be funny. Yeah, there's no meta. No. no. This actor was just hot in the Philippines and unbuttoned his shirt, and they just let him do it. <laughs> That's how that happened. Uh, another fact, the guy in the who played the robot uh, passed out from heat two times in the film. I don't like Tut reading the IMDb facts on Amazon. <laughs> because, one, when we bring up like an interesting thing, like, did you know? No, it's just like, interesting fact. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> fact received. Everything is in the robot voice. Uh, I've been hearing shit in that all day. <laughs> Actor was too hot. He took off his clothes. Spaghetti noodles ready. Just going to change the background noises on my phone. <laughs> we get a lot of uh, footage now. Bam making their way slowly through the jungle. They joke with each other as Quang and his highly trained nostrils lead the way. All right, first of all, I have to back up because this is a crack commando squad. And then the moment that they, you know, beach their crafts to go undercover into this jungle, they are doing nothing but yelling on this beach. And they're like, we're going into this jungle. We have to be quiet. We have to be subversive. And I'm just like yelling, yelling out that you're here. 
Yeah, but that's on the beach with the waves crashing. Oh, no, no, it's no, 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 it's it, it, no, 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 it, it continues. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that. There, for 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 a sub ops, there uh, <laughs> should be subwoofer ops. John, <laughs> uh, notice because we see a lot of these dudes walking around. They'd stop, crouch down, look around. Oh yeah, look up. Then they give each other some weird hand signals, and then they get up and just kind of run into each other and just like kind of just walk in opposite directions. It was horrible. Uh, at one point, Quang senses something. We see the Omega One's robotic POV as it senses enemies approaching. And when Quang points off in the distance beyond them trees, Murphy quickly calls in Sunny Peel. Literally, Quang's like, there's something out there. Murphy calls in Sonny Peel, who lets out an enormous scream. Before any of them fire their guns, they have to scream. He seriously unloads 200 rounds with, is it 50 cal? No, it was M60. Old school M60. M60 machine gun. Just randomly, just and doesn't even the guy didn't Murphy didn't tell him what he's and shooting he's, at. He's, and he's, he's got just the, draped with gun with gun belts, <laughs> and he's got the class the classic Stallone uh, Rambo pose. He's one handing that M60, which is a heavy freaking right, yeah. gun. Yeah, no, you don't with the chain with the belt chain o- draped over on his other arm, and he's just like. Well, that's one way to announce yourself to the entire population of Batu Batu. As you said, yeah. let's get in undercover. We're going to sneak in on at dawn. <laughs> so we were over at uh, we were over at Fort Hood uh, a long while back and uh, uh, got to uh, fire off a few rounds in the saw. It's like the what M two forty or something like mm-hmm. that, which is an awesome, awesome gun. If I could get my hands on that, I would love to have that gun. It is great. You it is and everybody feeling. else. Oh, God. Can you imagine and, that? Uh, poor, anyway. Poor Domino's delivery guy comes to the wrong house. So, ah, so we're we're in their, we're in their uh, trainer training room, and I try to one-hand this gun, and the dude, the guy over was like, what do you, uh, uh, do you think this is Rambo? You can't do that. He's like, no, go ahead and try to do that. It's hard. I mean, I'm not that strong but i mean that was it was hard to lift that thing up and it was like yeah and that scene that you're trying to do with the rambo thing that was with an m60 that is three times heavier than this gun i'm like crap man how do they even lift so with sunny i'm kind of i'm kind of impressed that that little skinny dude don't you think maybe stallone and this guy because the way it was shot don't you think maybe like under the the stock of the gun maybe they had a pole touching the ground to kind of rest it on did they I mean, because you only see it like from here. Maybe there was something oh, okay. propping it up so we could help him out a little bit. Well, especially yeah. if they're firing blanks off of that thing, because it's, it's those guns were really firing. Cool. Those were well, firing. Yeah, I mean, the other yeah, thing yeah, because there was one. There was one scene where one gun was firing and the other guy wasn't firing anything. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> a lot of but yeah, I mean, there wasn't. This was back way before you know CGI was. Like I was watching that. Those fire guns were actually, those rounds actually, were actually yeah. feeding into. And the then M sixty yeah. does have some recoil to it. The saw, not that's why no, it's so beautiful. The saw has. No, no recoil. Yes. That's awesome. Well, when they patrol the surrounding jungle to see who Peel shot, they only find the decayed remains of a corpse, skinned down to the bones. It's obviously been there for like a week. I couldn't have done that, says a confused Peel. No, no, says medical expert Papa Doc. His guts have been all scooped out. This is really weird. 
Thanks for it's your expert a, diagnosis, Doctor. It's a skeleton. <laughs> I kind of like this scene. I'm sorry. <laughs> that dialogue. I, I could have done, done this. No um, shit. No, no, Peel. <laughs> Correction. His guts have been scooped out, and it's some really weird shit going on here. It's a Damn skeleton. It. Damn it, Doc. We need your expertise on this. Doc, do you think they could really be? My, my God. God. The charred the amount of intense heat it would take to melt his rib cage. Just out of this world. Diddy Bop sees something shiny up in the trees, which he figures is a sniper. So Murphy does a hand-jerking motion, and all the men scramble around in circles, bumping into each other. Oh, God. That's his favorite motion. Well, <laughs> and I, this is the thing that I love is like I see something in the trees, but literally they're pointing at the tree like right next to them, <laughs> which they're completely out in the open. Well, and then they all like jump down no, to hide. No, they jump down and they crawl in silence. The same dudes that just blew up the jungle. I'm second. Literally later. like twenty <sighs> feet away. And when they actually do spot a soldier sitting up in the tree, they all jump up and shoot at him. All of them, another 1,000 rounds of ammunition gone for just one guy in a tree. Just. But get this. When they examine the body, it's all gutted and decayed like the first one. Papa Dog's got his pipe. Uh, We didn't do that. Thanks, Sherlock Holmes. Diddy Bob says, hey, his gun's still up there. We we could use that. So he tosses an old school grappling hook up the tree. Where do they have the grappling hook? Where do they have any of the (laughs) shit they end up pulling out in this movie? And after about a three-minute climb, he gets up there to retrieve the weapon. And guess what? The guy's rifle's all melted. The first guy they found, his rifle was all melted, too. Uh, What the hell is going on here? All right, guys. It's so bizarre watching this film because we did our own Predator ripoff a few years ago. I'll provide a link to our short film, Hipster, oh God, on our episode yeah. page. But we did that as a parody. The purpose of it was to spoof Predator and have fun with it. And here they're just flat out copying They're it. ripping it off. Beat by beat, character by character. Scene by scene. Even the crazy music score, which features synthesizer, electric guitar solos, and at one point, and screeching monkeys in the score. <laughs> but it still kind of sounds like the Predator score. It's just very familiar, and it kind of reminded me, you remember our episode on Death Kiss, how it gave us a view into an alternative world where Charles Bronson is still alive today and kicking ass in new movies? This flick gives us an alternative view of what it would be like if the actual Predator had never been made, and instead this fucking movie, where everything is 97% less good than Predator, was produced instead. It's kind of surreal. Well, and the, like, okay. how did this exist? And this like, is literally, and this is why I'm saying, like, I. It's like they took the script from Predator and just crossed out what they couldn't afford, <laughs> and changed, like, you know, like when you're a kid plagiarizing for your oh, homework, yeah. like, oh, yeah. out of an encyclopedia. I'll change this word to Wait, this. No. <laughs> I ain't got time to bleed. I ain't got time to die. Now we're. Now yeah. we'll be okay. Complete. We look to the camera. Ding. I mean, they this which they do at certain points. <laughs> The sad thing is, is I mean, literally, these movies are shot at most, what, 18 months, two years apart. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Predator came out in 86. Yeah. So, by the time it finished, and this one was shot, they given the time... They out, got it out, probably a year and a half later. But literally, the difference... I mean, like I said, you're watching this, and you're like, oh, this is... What, what they did this in the 70s? Or no, no, it was like two years later. <laughs> 
What? I'm just like, I just the head editor. Oh, just get the shit done. <laughs> just it makes. Well, I'm gonna talk about the editor in here in a little bit. Well, so we now we get a few minutes of the Bam Squad just meandering through the smoky jungle. Let me get grab another uh, red horse yeah. here. By the way, I um we do a couple of scenes traversing our jungle, and I prefer our stuff hands down. I'm sorry. When we go into the, we we do like some camera pass movements well, where the where uh, the camera's stationary, and we walk past, and we're doing some some jungle exploring. Yeah. Uh, man, watch watch our uh, our short film when I post it. For some reason, speaking of YouTube, they, they don't they haven't been very uh, kind to this. Kind to our short <laughs> film. Like even if you search for it, it doesn't show up. They, even when we search for it, they don't want. Oh, Fox has a problem with our thing. They don't have a problem with this fucking movie. At least we try to do something different. Uh, but no, but like, I always wonder, because our movie is 15 minutes long. Yeah. And I was worried, like, man, this is too too long of a shot of us, of our crew walking through the jungle. And it was like a three-second shot. Yeah, no, we got through it and clicked. A third of this movie is them walking around. Yes, Literally. <laughs> uh, Keep filming. So the, keep, keep filming. So they're meandering through the smoky jungle while occasionally we cut to the uh-huh. Omega One's robot's pixelated point of view as it watches them. Walking How can it see anything? Well, much like the Predator would watch Dutch and his team, or should I say exactly like the Predator would watch <laughs> Dutch and his team. But suddenly Peel gets his foot caught in a budgie trap. Is that right? Budgie? Yes. Uh, essentially, it's two boards filled with nails that slam together, trapping his foot in the middle. Bah! These guys just have no... I can't imagine any circumstance where I would scream like that in front of you guys. Actually, if your foot got caught in that trap... I think i go... Ugh. It would be okay to scream like that. I think I'd be like... Ugh. But you would think, in their secret eye, the first <laughs> thing they would do is like... I could see you screaming like quiet. that. Oh, I'm screaming like that. Oh, wait. Yeah. Their only put response, their me. actual you only response the, well, to this would be like... Well, the kind of put his arm around it. I they, thought they he was going like, to You're ghosting us, motherfucker. Yeah, no, he's screaming out like crazy. No, I figured the other guy would come around the tree and just start blasting away like... <laughs> <laughs> Cover up his screams! Yeah! <laughs> 2,000 rounds later. Well, they spring him free and Diddy Bop tells his buddy who's screaming in pain that he should feel sorry for us. We shouldn't feel sorry for you. you got to feel sorry for us. Because now, because they had to take his boot off, it was bleeding like crazy, we got to smell your feet the rest of the mission, and they don't exactly smell like gardenias. That's when you realize it's an Italian dude writing what he thinks American dudes would say. Ain't no American dudes talking about gardenias, <laughs> but an Italian guy <laughs> sitting at the cafe writing his ass. Oh. Gardenias. Not exactly gardenias. It's a know. funny word. The Americans <laughs> love it. Gardenias. <laughs> the hell? Hey, put the gar- put the gardenias in the script, huh? This is such a weird movie. Uh, and you know what? It was at this moment. I swear, at this exact point, I was just thinking, we should be getting a lot more dialogue out of these guys. I want to get more insight in their characters, and they're not saying much. No. But every time they open their mouths, no, no. <laughs> I, no. I, my train of thought changes. I don't need these guys to talk. That, that was another thing that was kind of fun. That I kind of thought was weird is that. All right, so if you're trying to be a predator, one of the things that made the predator movie work is that you have an the ensemble un- cast, the a unique unit. personalities. Well, not only unique work personalities, but they still operated as a group. You understood that they were unique personalities, but they were still a crack commando unit that was used to 
working with each other, that respected each other, that loved each other. These guys are busting each other's <laughs> balls all through the fucking jungle, yeah. and they're just like, I'm like, they're not even friends. No, and every time, like, <laughs> talk about a crack commando unit. Every time Murphy gives the hand job, that the, the blowjob <laughs> symbol, symbol, they like stand up and like bump into each other. Like, there's no training. There's no like. Meanwhile, you got the doc over there smoking his pipe, looking like he just got off the couch. Oh my god. <laughs> The best of the best. We've got to hide. I'm going to stand out here in the middle of the between everything. If I stand next to the tree, they'll, that's where they're going to look. They might have sentries out here trying to sense us. Well, let the dog just send his pipe smoke. Mm, what is that, meat pie? Yes. Uh, it's good aromatic. I'm, I'm thinking the, the bad guys are like, there's another elite unit five miles that way blowing the... Every tree down. That's what they. That's what they didn't tell them that they actually sent the real guys. These guys <laughs> have made an incredible amount of noise in a short amount of time. Quang uh, roams off ahead, which I do like. Quang. He's I'm the. Sorry. He's the point man. That's Quang. what he's supposed to do. Quang. Sorry. What's it? Quang. <laughs> uh, following his highly trained nose. Follow your nose. It always knows. And he discovers a clearing filled with the decayed uh, bodies of guerrilla soldiers, just like the other ones. skeletons. Uh, really weird. Their faces are partially melted off. Their chests ripped open. He informs the major, "This isn't the work of guerrilla soldiers, as they don't do this to themselves." Oh, so, so these dead guys didn't do this to themselves? No, they don't do that to themselves. Crack deductive reasoning, Quang. He's pointing man for a reason. These guys, they would not. They wouldn't do this to themselves. You said that shit. I've seen a lot of shit, Major. <laughs> but I ain't never seen no gorillas do this to themselves. I can say this with confidence. These men did not do this to themselves. Oh. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> and he says, whoever did this is either a ghost or a very special man. Because I can't find any isolated tracks leaving the area. Okay. <laughs> Masher, who is left behind all the commotion... Doesn't make sense. ...is confronted by the Omega-1. The robot shows up and faces him. He's got a control panel that he carries around with him, Masher That does. has exactly gajillion fucking <laughs> buttons on it. He's got buttons like, that he's trying to punch in his codes, but it doesn't work as the, the robot keeps coming towards him. Uh, he remains fully operational. So he, as he pulls out a knife and tosses it at Masher... And misses him by about five feet. Sticks in a tree. <laughs> your crack perfect, Omega One. Your perfect weapon. He didn't have knife training. I'm sorry. No. That, that program but he was did a little sink the knife all the way into the tree. You got to figure the total military budget for Omega One is probably what about a billion dollars? Easily. And he's throwing knives five feet away from his target, <laughs> who's five feet away from him. Thanks, ma- thanks, Obama. It's a machine, Kade. They only do what you tell them to do. Uh, Masher runs back to the BAM squad, but he doesn't tell them it was the Omega-1, instead blaming the attack on a rogue guerrilla fighter. Okay. Major, so take a look at this. <laughs> I mean, everything you can do, it, it's all Predator. It's crazy. <laughs> it was kind of freaking me out. Uh, all right, we've actually, now that we've actually seen in this scene the Omega-1 himself, let's talk about him a little bit. He's dressed in all black, shoulder pads, spray-painted black, Good ca- 80s robot. Cables wrapped all around him, leather pants, kind of a cool sci-fi helmet. Oh, and they're cool enough to give him real chiseled abs, too. Oh. <laughs> Back before the... Did he remind you of anything? 
He looked just like the Giver, that movie with Luke Skywalker. Oh, the somewhat, yes. He looked a lot like the Yeah, but no, the Giver was way cooler. They at least did a good job. Giver's an anime. Yeah. That early 90s got turned into a live action film and it ha- actually had Mark Hamill in it. But yeah, no, they actually had a budget. It looked very similar. It kinda, did look very similar. I kind of thought it looked a little like Spectre, or not, no, the Wraith, but that's just because of the helmet. Right. Black suit helmet. Yeah. But, I mean, this, God. It looked like a Captain Emo, this was uh, like Captain EO reject. We're just naming every movie character who's ever won a Black Magic. Look kind of like Spawn. <laughs> It did look like Captain E. Look kind of like Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe. Rubber suit with a lot of uh, hoses. Who's the, uh, not Snake Eyes. Who's the the black? The no, Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes were black? Yeah. From G.I. Joe? Yeah. yeah. A Storm Shadow were though. Storm Shadow, Storm Shadow was, was, white. White. was white. White Ninja. That's right. Okay. When I start messing those two up. I got thanks, Whitewash. Then I've had too many red horses. Uh, thanks, Obama. Think Obama's ever had a red horse? Probably when he, not. When he went over the Philippines on... I most certainly have <laughs> had a red horse. Tasty shit. Tasty shit, Kate. Tasty shit. You know, our current president doesn't drink malt liquor. He doesn't drink anything. I don't drink anything. If it's not in the McDonald's cup, I don't drink it. I don't know what that voice was. He's probably got some malt liquor in that McDonald's cup. I mean, Do you, you think put, that's you what's can the pour reason anything. behind all this nonsense? You can pour anything into a <laughs> McDonald's cup. It's not a McDonald's that's the cup cause of everything? Malt liquor? No, I think his not drinking is the cause of everything. Yeah, every man should have a few drinks. Always. Let me ask you that. Can I do a quick sidebar? Real mm-hmm. quick. Sidebar. What's ever stopped you? I have had nothing <laughs> except Red Horse beer. <laughs> <laughs> I've always, I've had this discussion with the doctor and some other people in the past. And when you're a public figure that's very much in the public uh, view, paparazzi, and you're just constantly getting your picture taken, I always said if you're going to come out as having a substance abuse problem, especially an alcohol problem, you better really, really think that through, because for the rest of your days, if you like, I've been in rehab for a problem, or yeah, you can never go to a party, you can never go to an event, right. and and have a beer because like, hey, wasn't he in rehab? Wasn't and everybody he? will just judge the. Fuck so you better out. really, really, really have a problem and really, really think it through before you you go that route. Because okay. a lot of times they use that route to get out of something. Yeah, like they'll yeah. say something like racial or something. Like, I was drunk and I'm going to get help. And all right, that was a you had to go there. You had to throw out that. But a lot of times they don't. I was watching the Super Bowl and I, I could be wrong, so don't. But I could have swore when they're showing the cele- you know these uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman talk about the celebrities in the audience. Okay. And Aikman just seems totally disinterested in that shit. But like, there's uh, movie movie uh, leading man John Hamm. Okay. The guy from Mad Men? Yeah. And I could have swore he's sitting there having fun with some buddies drinking a, a Michelob Ultralight. Okay. And I was like, man, I thought I remembered reading like several interviews with him about his alcoholism and his trips to rehab. So I just did a quick Google, and sure enough, yeah, like the guy's on the record. is, But there he is at the Super Bowl, and it's like... And now look at you judging him. I'm not... Well, yeah, I guess I am. Yeah, you kind of are. Well, but they always say the same thing. He was drinking too much. I went to rehab to learn how to drink just enough. 
Oh, is that a thing? <laughs> it is. People can drink just enough? Yes. <laughs> Hold on, let me make a note in my... <laughs> I went to rehab to get my drinking under control. Oh, see, I like that statement. <laughs> I like that statement, too. Yeah. I'm not stopping. I'm just going to drink like normal people now. <laughs> all right, so I'm... All right. Where's you know, the fun I, I think in they that? have, like, exercises. All right. Hello, good times. Ugh. Go over to the beer just get some drinks. Whoa, whoa. That's that's one drink, Cody. One just drink. one drink. What? We've been through this. But... My God, Cody, it's day six. Get, if, but then it means I have to go back. Uh, yeah, that's right. You have to go back to the fridge. You just get the one. Meanwhile, they got a repeat offender in there. It's like, just do what they say, kid. It's fine. Dude, going to the bar. Oh, man, I got early morning one. Just give me a quadruple Jack and Coke. No, no, no. Triple Jack and Coke. No. What? <laughs> what kind of archaic <laughs> witch trial is this? This is not my hero's journey. <laughs> I, I just thought it was... And like I said, I could have seen it wrong. I'm not, if I did, I apologize. But it just... I always... I, I've always thought that like if you're a celebrity why would you ever share if you didn't absolutely have to well scuttlebutt is john ham's kind of a douchebag and so maybe he did the whole i am going to rehab because you know i'm a douchebag and i'm gonna get it's the alcohol's fault and now he's like <laughs> got out of that one but then i was kind of like also if someone called him on it that would have been really i would have respected him he's like it's a fucking super bowl man back you go on. with your buddies to super bowl not get shit-faced I'm, asshole I'm, I'm a grown man but I also case. I also yeah. call it like celebrity rehab, which is usually meaning that it's just crap. Yeah, it's not like the kind of rehab we need. Yeah. I mean, most people that actually end up going to rehab, <laughs> celebrity rehab is just that. It's we need Duarte rehab. We need Duarte <laughs> off with their heads. Actually, he's gonna be like. Tonight, the episode is brought to you by El Presidente <laughs> Duarte. We are accepting new advertisers. Uh, you can reach us admin at uh, TuesdayNightCigarClub.com. We're open to anybody. Come come talk to us. Uh, no, we're anti-Duerte. But, and we're anti-Decent. Actually, we haven't mentioned anybody. Uh, John Hamm, if he wants to, if he wants to support us, we'll, we'll take it. We'll take his money, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Quang, not Quang, Quang, leads them to a giant metal bridge. Gee, how do you find that? In the middle of the jungle. He's the best. This huge fucking metal bridge where he senses vibrations in the distance. No shit, there's a, a paved road right there, Quang. And sure Car enough. Car is going by, <laughs> train in the background. I sense something. I don't know, traffic? Asshole? <laughs> sure enough, the soldiers then see a group of gorillas in jeeps chasing down a blonde female and some other white guys. They're shooting them in the backs while laughing at them. This is the worst. When you get shot in the back and laughed at. The trifecta is when after they shoot, they spit on you. Yeah. I didn't see them do that. Uh, and they're just taunting the terrified woman. This laughing. isn't a Rambo reboot. I mean, no, they, it's they not. can't afford the spit. No. They laugh at her as they finally corner her. But just as the gorillas pile out of their jeeps and they're going to do something unspeakable to the woman, Major Murphy, earning that name, Killzone, and his team... Let's uh, gives the jerk off motion, and he lets out that war cry, bah! and they all start screaming, bah! and they seriously the guy the gorillas could have shot the dudes while they were doing their pre-scream before they shot. All right, first of all, 
It's not exactly like this crack commando unit was hiding in the bushes forming they an ambush. They were just bush. standing on the they side of the road. They were standing in a straight line. No, no, no. The white-haired guy, what's his name? Colonel Neil... Corey. Neil Corey. He put a palm leaf over the barrel of his gun. <laughs> because they show it. They were... They They're were, all wearing grenades and bullets, but they show him... Take off, Take off leaf, the leaf. The leaf off the gun. And they're standing in a straight line out in the open to where, like, even if, all right, even if we were you, taking this scenario you real. Think, you don't think eight giant white dudes in the Philippines with grenades on their chest would cause any kind I'm of... I'm just uh, saying when the Jeeps came to a stop chasing the white woman, they might have seen the line of seven or eight white dudes sitting there with guns pointed at them. No, they had well, leaves. Well, I was really leaves. waiting. I was waiting they had for palm them. Leaves like, over their gun barrels. You know, it was, it was the, the most... The soldiers are all laughing, but there's a... All of a sudden, the palm frond moves to the side. <laughs> he comes out and stands. I'm like, nobody would see that. I just crack it up because this was my favorite scene of the entire movie because it was so ridiculous to It watch. is. When he pulls that. Whatever you do, don't look at those palm fronds over on the left. <laughs> when he pulls Those that, are not guys. Is that what the le- a palm leaf is called? A frond? Yes. This guy. I'm going to start calling you agriculture face. Then, I'll take it. It doesn't have a nice ring to it like Wait. math face. Biology face? Yeah. Horticulture face. face. I'll take it. <laughs> well, dude, yeah. He peels his ear. It's not peeled. It's just laying on top of his gun. He throws it off. They all scream. And boom. They blow the gorillas away in, what, a million bullets? <laughs> After they... I'm surprised they trekked through the forest. These considering guys, they were both all carrying at least 400 pounds of bullets. <laughs> these guys not more. just don't know how to do it any other way. Whether it's one dude sleeping in a tree <laughs> or a squadron of two dozen freedom fighters, it's all guns blazing all the time. No, 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 no. We'll find out later on that they've got a subtle side to them. <laughs> but dude, and, and Murphy, the leader, he never gives the Dutch that's enough. No, just whenever you're ready to stop. Just keep shooting. Just They're keep dead. Shooting. That oh, guy got hit with 30 bullets. He could be... Mo- oh, but Make then, sure he's dead. But then there's Pencil Pusher Masher. They gave him a shotgun. He's like trying to figure out how to work it. Dude, I like I like a Masher shotgun. And actually, there's a couple of scenes where he works at 12-gauge big time. It, but it literally well, is to, just a dead. standard hunting shotgun. I mean, he looks like us when we're going out dove hunting. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, button up your shirt. We don't want to see your oh, no. hairy chest. It's hot, it's hot out there. <laughs> That's a, it's hot out there. The men grab the woman just in time as the Omega-1 suddenly pops up and blows the shit out of the Jeeps and everything around them. They run to safety. Masher says, we can't take the girl. She's dead weight. Incoming! Get to cover! But Murphy calls him an asshole and says, the cute blonde who's hanging on his muscular arm, yeah, she's coming with us. <laughs> yes, she is. Uh, whether Masher likes it or not. Correct me if I'm wrong here, boys, but at this point, Masher's like, we got to complete the mission. She's going to keep us from complete. We don't know what the mission is, and they don't either. No, their mission was to beach a couple of rafts, and they, they've, they've <laughs> already done it. They're walking around aimlessly. They have no idea what the mission is, right? <laughs> We're here to Why make are them. they here? What are they doing? They never we want you to go into that forest to make as much noise At as possible. At least in Predator, they had an actual false mission under the pretense recover of... Recover the CIA people, or recover the... The, the, the cabinet ambas- minister. Ambassadors. Yeah, yeah, cabinet minister. The cabinet minister. Who was oh, on the wrong side, side of the border. border. <laughs> they, these guys have no clue why they're there. We have to complete the mission. 
What the fuck is the mission? No one ever says that. Why are we? What are we doing here? What direction do we need to walk? All you told us to do is to go in and shoot everything. We've I've done been, that. All right. I've been with the major for thirteen years. I don't <laughs> ask that question. Quang, here's the compass. North. We got four options. Which way? <laughs> I don't know. Masher. I don't know. You either. never told me. <laughs> <laughs> So now we get to follow the BAM squad as they roam the jungle aim- aimlessly some more. All while the Omega watches them, Omega One watches them as we listen to his internal CPU monologue. And look at that crap. Beep, 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 beep. Tracking targets receive on target, receive fishing targets, receive, receive. It sounded like Twinkie from Buck Rogers. It really did. And I was just like. And I don't understand the graphic because literally they're showing you this <laughs> pixelated thing and you can't tell anything. Well, 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 first of all, it was like back in the 80s. So, like I said, CGI and filters weren't really, you know, that big and present there. Yes, but the Terminator came out, what, like eight years before this? And I, I really want to talk about this later. When At least give the Terminator red screen. When it's, I mean... I, I, but I, I want to talk about this later when it's revealed what's really going on with the Omega One, because then it really becomes perplexing what's going on. Okay. But yes, in the context of this, at this at this point, you just know you're watching a Predator ripoff. The Predator's heat vision gave him an advantage. Yeah. Sensing body heat, it was a tactical advantage. Whatever screen they put on the Omega One, he can't see shit. But I will say this: it's like driving with a frosted windshield. No, well, this no, I mean, oh god, man, it was like super pixelated. Everything was square. Shapes. You could, you could barely make out stuff. Like if, like I've seen enough pixelation, and I've, I've worked with pixelation a lot, so I could make out stuff. But man, if you're not used to that, you, you don't know what's going on. And I will say this: when you're when you're watching Predator and that heat vision kicks on, at that time that was unique. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody was. was like, I don't remember watching heat thermals at that time. I wasn't exposed to that. I was like a kid or whatever. Yeah. And so I was like, wow, that's crazy. But also, I'm looking at this lens from a 45 year old dude in the tech age, and I'm like, geez, man, this is all you could afford. Oh, it's terrible. Well, the uh, the Bammers, can I call them that? The Bammers. Sure. Stop for a brief rest. Shit, man, Peel says to Diddy Bop as they take a water break. I've seen some heavy greens in my time, but this sure takes the cake. Yeah, it's like collard green stew. If you get caught in it, you never get out of it. First of all, what the fuck does that even mean? What does that mean? Has anyone ever died from getting lost in collard green stew? Is that our white privilege talking? Oh, is it? Am I... Let me just take a moment here to issue an apology. Uh, I may have been insensitive. I don't know anymore. Uh, if any of your loved ones have ever been lost and died in a sea of colored green stew, what are the odds you'd be listening to this podcast? But if, if these two worlds did collide, I'm so sorry. It's got to be a terrible way to die. Also, you should be blaming RoboWar. <laughs> I'm going to blame it for a lot of things, I have a feeling. Uh, so one that 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 collard green stew reference makes no sense, and two, they just saw a modern bridge and roads. This is the heaviest greens you've seen of all time. This is the densest forest you've ever been to in your life. You just were at civilization, and let's be honest, these guys haven't even enc- they haven't broken a sweat. They haven't encountered any kind of wildlife, any kind of struggles. 
Well, they did climb a tree with a grappling hook. <laughs> Let me rec- rectify my notes. Trying to forget. Every <laughs> Again, Tud, every time I foolishly wish these knuckleheads would talk more, they say some shit like that, <laughs> and I'm out. I'm so sorry. Meanwhile, Virgin... It's just you and me in that collard green stew. <laughs> Not a scratch on us. Can, Not a scratch right. on us. We can eat that collard green stew. <laughs> you guys ever had collard greens? Yes. yes. Two yeses. Yeah. yeah. Or southern. Or it's, sort of. I mean, Texas is kind of southern, but it's not. similar to spinach? Mm. Okra? No. It's no, well, it's, well, like it's more. It's closer to spinach, but once again, I've had it in many different forms. However. Stew? It's not, not stew. stew. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Uh, okay. That's one of those things. Like if you spinach, collard greens, kale, all that. It's like turnip greens, all that. Good if stuff. you cook it, it's one of the. You know, it ends up. You know, it's big leafy green, but when you cook it down, I mean, it just boils down to nothing. Butter and oil, baby. Oh. Oh. Is that what you're getting out of the cigar too? That you're still getting that canola oil? I'm getting a little bit of it, collard green oil. It, that was delicious, <laughs> Wesson. <laughs> I'm getting notes of collard green stew in this thing. Uh, how is the cigar treating? I have really... It's interesting because uh, it's got a bit of a dry... Every time I encounter a, a cigar, a Nicaraguan cigar that's heavy on the earth and a little bit of dirt, a little dirty, uh, the mouth feels a bit dry. It kind of dries your mouth out. And I've really grown to appreciate that over the last month or so. I've actually like kind of sought out some cigars that are like that. Um uh, the Ezra Zion, uh, it's the Panda one. Uh, Guns out, suns out. It's kind of like that. Uh, it's kind of a kind of a drying sensation in the mouth. Okay. And that's what I'm kind of getting off of this, and, and I really kind of appreciate that. I really like the palette on this. Uh, I haven't focused a lot on the retro because I've really enjoyed the way it tasted across Just the Just the earthiness yeah. on the on the palate. What about you, Yax? I agree with Tut. Uh, I'm getting a lot of earthiness. Just the this the initial spice has. The more I smoked it, that spice has died down. So, See for me, like it's right still now, there. It's, it's, it's still, still there very retro. slight. I'm still getting that tingle in the nose. I'm not. Well, mine has dived okay. off. So, but I, the earthiness. Yeah, he's a little bit further than we are too. I am still getting that hay component that I got in the very beginning. On the, on the palate. On yeah. The okay. So, surprisingly, I'm normally that doesn't stick around, but for this one, it has. Uh, you guys, everything is ring true. The, the the spice on the nose, the mineral and earthiness is really pleasant. I'm really enjoying the draw. This is one of the first nights in a long time, though. Overall, my favorite experience is the pairing. I'm really loving the beer and the cigar together. Yeah. And I don't know if I would enjoy the cigar or the beer as much as I am without them together. I just think they're balancing great off each other. One, they are balancing great off each other. Uh, the maltiness. This might be one of my favorite pairings we've done on the show. The maltiness of uh, of the beer is really kind of just adding a little bit of a body to the cigar that's kind of It's neat. giving me what's missing from the cigar. Because, you know what, Mineral and, and Nicaraguan Earth are great. I'd like a little something extra. There's always I'm always looking for that third. Whenever something's really mineral and, and Nicaraguan earth heavy, 
I'm always looking for some, you know, some a woodsy note or some chocolate or some coffee, and I'm not getting. I'm just getting that basic earthiness, which is really nice. But that maltiness, along with that kind of crisp on the front end of the beer, is just working beautifully with the cigar. I'm actually a fan of both by themselves. Like, I mean, one, I, I no, love, no, the, no, I no, love, no. I love them I'm together. Not, I'm not saying that they don't work well by themselves. Yeah, but. Peanut butter and chocolate work well by themselves. Yeah, you put them together. Put boom. them together. Boom, you got Robo War. So, uh, what you're saying is the uh, Sacred Scales and the Red Horse is peanut butter and chocolate. It's the Rhesus of cigars. This might be the Rhesus of podcast, of pairing podcast. Oh, yes. Well, it only, is very, if very only good. we drink more light, crisp lagers that were 8%. <laughs> That's what you want. I'll make it happen. Let me make a note. By the way, I never go back and read these notes. It's actually invisible ink. It'll disappear in two hours. These notes will self-destruct. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we're on the same page. It is. It's um, a good cigar. I, I will say that. I, it's a good cigar. It's a good beer. I'm happy with both. I am uh, I am as well. There we go. Rock and roll. Uh, well, meanwhile, Virgin. Why she's billed as that on <sighs> IMDb and in the... Because we were never told her name at this point. I don't have a clue yet. Maybe we'll learn. Why she's virgin is telling Major Murphy that she was fleeing the hospital in San Pedro, where she worked as a volunteer. She assumes they're here to help after the entire village of Coronado was recently leveled to the ground. Women, children, everyone is dead. Something really weird is going on in this region, she offers. <laughs> she's almost on the same intellectual level as Doc uh, Papa Doc. You got that right, sister. With that kind of diagnosis. What's going on, Doctor? Something weird. All right. Um, oh, speaking of Papa Doc, he's nowhere to be seen. Yeah. He disappeared for like half the movie. He'll maybe pop back later, maybe not. Who cares? Well, it looked as if night was settling in a moment earlier, but now the team is back was on it? the But yeah, the, the light was real dark. <laughs> But now the team is back on the move and it's broad daylight again. They just they just ran long on their shoot. Well, maybe that's a nod to the inconsistent lighting in Predator. Predator has some darker scenes. No, of course not. It's I was about to say, you think they went bad? I doubt it. I seriously no. doubt it. As they walk around this time, I just noticed how... <laughs> how did I not notice this before? The 50-foot antenna sticking up from Quang's <laughs> radi- radio backpack? Just How's he making his way through the jungle with that thing? Just hitting everything. When you're deep in the bush, Major, you have to have a good antenna. They didn't have retractable antennas? Dude, this thing is literally ten feet above his head, just everywhere he goes. I totally didn't see that before. Um, They finally arrive on the outskirts of San Pedro, and when Murphy orders his men to take out the guards and move in, Masher orders them to, we got to keep moving, this is not our mission. But what is their mission? Peel shoves his pistol in Masher's mouth. Shut your fucking face, you cocksucker. And that... Hey, get this. That does the trick. As middle-aged white Carl Weathers pipes down. (laughs) Get ready to rock and roll, Murphy says as they move in. He orders Quang to take point for the billionth time. Does he really need to say it anymore? How about Quang just knows he's the point guy? Quang, on it. On it, Major. And he tells Papa Doc, who's back, he disappeared for a segment of the film... To watch uh, the girl, Virgin, as the big-ass motherfuckers go to work. All right, first of all, (laughs) did you hear the ADR on this? 
No. Okay, there are so many scenes. How'd you guys watch this on TV? Uh, yeah. I've got a. I actually, I watched this because uh, it's too cold to go on the deck. Uh, I watched this in my uh, office on the computer screen, but I, I mean, I've got like a big, yeah, you huge got a big screen. screen. Yeah. So uh, and I'm watching is stream, that. Is streaming free on Amazon Prime, by the way. Correct. Uh, so I watched it streaming free on Amazon Prime. I've got my headphones on, these wonderful little headphones on. So I'm hearing every little thing that comes on this thing. And I love this because their their mouths are not moving at all, but they have no problem dropping in ADR, and they do this all the time. There are so many, so much of their dialogue is ADR where nobody's lips are moving. Oh, I didn't pick up. I watched on laptop, and I, I didn't. Uh, I watched. I watched on big screen. Yeah, you had a projector. I'm like, it's fine. I really wasn't. You know, yeah, paying that much attention. But oh my god, this scene was hilarious because Papa Doc looked. He's not looking at her at all, and the ADR drops in, and like I said, nobody's mouth is moving. Honey, sit down and grab onto something and squeeze. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Papa Doc is actually an Italian actor. A lot of these guys were Americans. The Papa Doc, who looks the most American, he's got the neck beard and the big gut. He's actually an Italian dude. (laughs) Uh, So maybe they did a dub in. Okay, then that 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 makes sense. sense. But I love this scene because as they're going through this stuff, now we get to see the quiet Stealthy side of Bam. Here you go. Just like that, all fucking hell breaks loose. Were they literally gut stab dudes like eight the t- times? The t- well, first of all, the two dudes go down there and take out some of the guards quietly. All right, you're doing injustice to this. When Corey, the silver-haired <laughs> fox, fox that he corporal, is, corporal, corporal Neil Corey. First of all, he slides up behind a guy. Like, I don't know how this guy did not hear him walking behind him. Oh, and then he hums. And then he, he, like, hums a song. And he's just got this look. Like, he's looking. He stands, like, six foot over this tiny dude. And he's just got this look on this, like, I'm fucking awesome. <laughs> Taps the dude on the shoulder. He could have, like, killed him while the guy's back's turned. But no. Yeah. He did the honorable thing. He tapped him on Stabbed the shoulder. Stabbed him in the heart. <laughs> but just the look that that dude had, I'm like. I'm Team Corey. I did like I did like uh, Corporal Neil Corey. Well, as soon as those guards are out, the Bam Squad is full effect. They march down there. They're stabbing dudes. They're blowing up grass huts with grenades and rocket launchers. They're snapping dudes' necks. And we learn that our hero, Major Murphy, is completely incapable of firing his gun without screaming out first, which is kind of odd. <laughs> ah! And then he'll turn a corner. This is the hero. This is the main dude. This is the Arnold. <laughs> Literally, two seconds of screaming before he pulls the trigger. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you got to discombobulate your enemy. Man, I would be. If I was just some yeah. poor freedom fighter, you know, probably making like two cents a day, walking around, all of a sudden this white dude in my face, like this big-ass motherfucker, just... <laughs> I'm not going for my gun. I don't know what to do. I'm, just, I'm startled. And then he stabs me in the heart. Great. I would have just fallen over, pretended to be dead. Even when freaking Guero or whatever his name is pulls out that fucking rocket launcher. I'm like, where the hell has he been carrying that this entire where time? Where do they carry any of this stuff? They have tiny little backpacks, but they never fail to have what they need. Even Masher's getting in on the action with his shotgun. He's shooting dudes through the roof. He's shooting all over the place. 
Why does he never drop that shotgun and pick up one of the dead gorilla's machine guns? Because that dude is surgical on that shotgun, man. You saw that him work. That shotgun can hit anything from you any distance. You saw him work, and then they did a sh- they they exemplified the power of the shotgun when they showed Masher cocking it, shooting a guy. They cut to the guy, and then there's like a three second pause where the guy's not doing anything, and then all of a sudden he goes launching <laughs> through the deal. I'm sorry, man. The editing on this is just horrible. Your timing is just non-existent. Yeah, it's almost like they didn't care. Uh, there's also a plethora of one-liners dropped by the guys as they kill oh. everyone, but they all suck so bad. Where are you going? Don't run away from me. Murphy says things like, sorry, as he shoots a poor <laughs> bastard in the face. He says this golden nugget when he kicks a guy in the nuts. Here. <laughs> and when he impales another gorilla to the wall of a grass hut with his knife, he says, don't move. Oh. And then he looks at the camera and winks. Ding. Oh, if you just spent maybe another two hours on those lines, you could have come up with something better. All right, he's what do you mean two hours? Two minutes? He's gonna kick him in the balls. What does he say? Here, <laughs> Arnold kicked a guy in the balls once. Remember what he said? Did you ever want to be a farmer? Here's a couple of acres. That's yeah. how you do one-liners. Oh, I mean they. They've been copying everything else from Predator. Well, maybe they maybe were like, not. Instead of saying "stick around," just say "stick there." Yeah. Don't move. Don't move. <laughs> right there. Well, maybe they were under like constraints, like you can't make this too good. I'm just saying there's <laughs> or a, good at all. There is a subtle art. Don't to the even Arnold try. And like when we did uh, No Chance. When he, when the Arnold, when, when Matrix was in the laboratory, and the scientist was like, "I just need another ten minutes to get my compounds ready. I'm gonna be delivering a few compounds of my own. Compound fractures. <laughs> like, dude, that doesn't take that much time. <laughs> put, put in the effort, and it's it, people will talk about it. No one's gonna say. Remember when he kicked in the nuts and he said, "Here." If we, well, I think they really went with the. I think they went. How how do we not get sued? Pick lines that oh, no that's one. Gonna, that's what's going to get him sued. That's not going to get Not that the entire, the entire movie is their movie. We took your movie and we made a movie, but we changed that line to here. Exactly. Pick the, the, pick the Italian the, lawyers are all. Yeah, you're safe. Pick the worst. You're wor- safe. Uh, pick the hey, worst line. Are we in trouble with the Italians now? Probably. <laughs> so we got Duarte coming from us. We got the Italians. No, maybe, I think maybe the Ita- D. Snyder. I Actually, think, the Italians are just happy that we're covering this movie. I think, the, I think they're probably going. No, we hate this movie too. <laughs> Those guys. We wish we could kill them, but we can't. The arrogance of the Americans to think that we like this movie. <laughs> Actually, I was about to say, of all the... Uh, excuse me. Okay, Let me get my sim- cigarette out. Of all the uh, Italian movies, uh, fine cinema that we've created over the centuries of uh, cinema, and you picked this piece of shit. This is our first yeah, we did. This is our first Italian movie? I'm bit, you know... No, we did uh, The Irishman. <laughs> I'm... That's a I do get the feeling that there's probably someone out there right now, <laughs> perhaps on the other side of the ocean, who's sitting there going, "This is my, this 
is my childhood film. <laughs> Robo War is my childhood. my childhood TNCC. Well, they love this film. It was everything. They wanted to be. Brace yourself. It's about to get a lot worse. I just want the Italians to go. We've seen your movie, The Hipster, and uh, we want you to bring over here. No, hey, we we've seen your movie, The Hipster. We want to bring you over to Italy, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll do some yeah, stuff. Put the patties back on and you eat it. Okay. Yeah, we can do it. I think we're doing Hipster too. <laughs> a good Italy. <laughs> I'm kicking a guy in the nuts here. Matt A. Cade <laughs> presents Robo Wars again. Robo Wars two. No, Robo Wars four. We just had to skip two because that's how we do things here. We made it even better. Better dialogue, and this time it's only ten minutes. <laughs> Once the gunfire settled and San Pedro is completely destroyed by the BAM squad, Virgin runs down screaming, The children! The children! Oh my god, and she just like launches into, The children! Oh no, she gets into the screaming thing. Ha ah, The children! The children! Oops. Did our commandos forget there was a hospital full of cholera-stricken kiddos down there? Yeah, they did. That would have been funny if they kicked down that door. You're cured. (laughs) (laughs) No. Thankfully, somehow the grass hut full of sick children is safe from all the explosions and gunfire, and the patients are all lying on the ground sleeping. No! Virgin screams out. Oops, I was wrong. Turns out they've all been shot and are dead. (laughs) I don't know. Would that be from the 10,000... Rounds per second they're all firing? If it was an Arnold movie, looks like they died of lead poisoning. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's wrong, but it's clever. It is. Uh, The BAM BAM squad doesn't seem all that phased or regretful, because they could have very well shot all these kids. They were shooting everything inside. They've seen some shit. We've We've seen seen this happen a million times. (laughs) You remember Kansas? Remember Kansas? <laughs> uh, it was a school. We killed everybody. <laughs> that's why we're not. That's why we're working strictly Philippines now. By the way, did they ever mention any past stuff? No. Okay. Why? Because all they would have done was go. Ah! <laughs> remember us screaming in Libya? Uh, some good screams. <laughs> yeah. Like. Remember when you just kept- just you and me <laughs> screaming? Not a scratch. Hey Murphy, remember when you kicked that guy in the balls? And send an Easter. Like it was yesterday. I said, here. I remember when you oh, said you, it. Just like you say every time. Just like you say every time you kick a guy in the balls. It's my catchphrase. You kicked that guy in the balls and said, here. And we walked out of San Anista. I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? Arnold's got I'll be back. It's so simple. I'm here. I'll make it more simple. Here. What's one word? <laughs> just one I want to watch Striking Commando, which is the same actor, Murphy, as Rambo. I wonder if he kicks a guy in the nuts and says, here. I kind of wanted to. It was, it obvi- uh, oddly it's, enough. It's it, streaming also on Amazon. It popped up. It was like, Amazon recommends you watch this. And then it was like, seven nine nine to rent. Fuck that. Yeah. Uh, as soon as it's free, we'll be featuring it on the podcast. Our budget. It'll, it'll never be free. Uh, our budget. Uh, Ever. Unless John Hamm comes on and gives us a hand, we're, we're going to start having to do just free movies on the show. Uh, the BAM squad doesn't seem all that phase regretful. Uh, but again, then again, they don't really have time to soak in all the adolescent carnage as Sonny Peel, who they left out, the wounded guy that got his foot trapped and thing, they left him outside to cover us. Oh, yeah. And he gets blown to pieces by the Omega-1's laser gun. 
I guess his nickname Blood was spot on. It was. Now it blood was. is all over the field. See, we're using our noodles. Using your noodles. <laughs> uh, That's no bed of gardenias. Look, I'm doing the best I can here, guys. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Tracking targets receive on target. Beep, beep. Fishing targets receive, receive. I just, want, I just want Bronzy to be like, I know some boys oh, in God. Texas. They want to do a movie. Let's do an Italian ripoff of whatever movie. How about Predator with Bronzy in the oh. lead role? Oh <sighs> that makes me so happy. There's the, a couple of acres. Uh, which, by the way, spoiler alert, we are going to be doing another Bronzy film very <gasps> soon. All bronzy, all the I want time. to do this. Uh, it's, it's coming up very soon. All right. I promise. The men remark that Peel's face has been blown clear off, even though when they roll him over, we see his face and it's entirely intact. They clearly have special effects dudes there that can do some stuff. Oh, my God. His face is gone. They kick over his body. Here, just, just looking at him. Put this red stuff on his face. It's like blood. No, that was, no it wasn't even... There was no effects. There was, there was no makeup, nothing. And when, he, when the Omega One shot him in the chest, nothing. He just fell over. There yeah. was no... Sh- I love that, too. They're like, his face is gone. I'm like, I'm looking at I'm it looking right here. right at his face. I mean, I can seriously if they literally see both just jumped eyes, down like gelatinous goo on the ground, yeah. he melted. Oh, my God. No. Throw his fatigues in this gelatinous goo. <laughs> No. Quang looks off in the distance and he tells Murphy that it's only one man out there. And he can see them even if they can't see him. And then boom. But he he can't see us well. Omega-1 starts firing rockets all over the fucking place. (laughs) Tracking targets receive. Cody, your eyes can't understand the algorithms of Omega-1. Your primitive eyeballs wouldn't understand the complicated alloys involved in Omega-1. But while Mega One blows up a bunch of huts, he misses the soldiers he's firing at completely. He couldn't see Get the them. cover. He's coming. <laughs> and then finally, the Bam Squad spots the Omega One looking at them from the. T- it's their first time they see him. He's up on a hilltop. They actually see him. Had they just Le- started off like literally two hours ago with like a bad tracking algorithm? We could all believe that. <laughs> Dude, they see him, and it leads to this beautiful thing of dialogue. What is that? It is he. Quang says, "What do you mean he, he. the hunter?" Quang says, "Which, by the way, the hunter was the original script name for Predator." Predator, correct. Diddy Bop mutters, "He killed Peel. Peel was my friend. Now I'm gonna get you, you bastard!" And he screams, ah! and he runs off, firing his gun wildly. Notice the BAM leader, Murphy, never leads these dudes. He never says, hey, don't do that. Or, hey, get back here. He, he lets these dudes just actually, do whatever the hell he actually, wants to do. I think do. He, in this scene he actually might have said... No, he didn't. It's a later scene where he tries to rein somebody in and they don't listen to him. Okay, cover him. So he's just like, whatever. It's my, it's my the school of leadership I subscribe to. Just let them do whatever the fuck they want. Hey, we- We're all grown, man. He's too far away. He can't hear what I'm going to say. Uh, I could to, scream it, but you know I'd what? I'm going to save that for later. You know what? Uh, me and Virgin have something going on over here. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just, you uh, mean Brooke Logan? We'll get, to, we'll, get, we'll get to who she is in a minute. I'm interested to find out. All the men take off to help Diddy Bop get the crazy little fucker. That's what Murphy calls him. He's like, well, let's just go help him get that crazy little fucker. 
He, but we clearly just saw him. Like, he's like seven feet tall. He and he didn't say it like Trace Atkins. Let's go get that crazy little fucker. <laughs> uh, well, Masher hangs back to protect Virgin. He's actually got a little smug smile on his face. He's impressed by how Omega One is handling these top-notch commandos. It's his baby. He created Omega One. Asshole. He's killing like a champ. What an asshole. I'll get that later. Well, unfortunately, the men are too late. As the Omega One confronts Diddy Bop deep in the bush. That's two movies I've Literally gotten to like, say that like phrase. 20 feet away. He's 25. Max. No, but he's he was deep, 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 in, the deep bush. in the bush. Gax, was he deep in the bush? Just say yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Yay me. <laughs> And rather than shoot his machine gun at the robot, he's been shooting this machine gun everywhere. When he finally sees the robot, does he fire the machine gun at him? Nope. He goes to this move. Ah! He just starts screaming. Rather than shooting him, and guess what? He's dead. He stands there screaming like an idiot until Meg One blows him to pieces. The team then begins another search of the jungle for Diddy Bop's body. And naturally, it's set to a rockin' 80s hair metal tune. Which was out of nowhere at this point. And they played the whole song. It's four <laughs> minutes of them just walking around listening to this 80s hair metal song. If they would at least point it out, like, there's a piece of him. There's a piece of him. I am just, at this point, I'm just, like, thinking of you going, why? No, I'm thinking of me saying, you know why? what? You know how sometimes other countries think they know about the United States? Like, we know what they like. Yeah. Like, like we know their market. Like We but, but understand the, But it's, but it's really a, a kind of skewed view of... of this is 88. A, they like hair metal. I'm going to give them a hair metal song while these four assholes just wander around aimlessly in the woods. At least give us We Fight for Love. Oh, this song blows. It's not... It's a horrible <laughs> song. Oh! I think it was actually called We Fight for... Ah! We Fight for... Ah! Oh, and guess it. Virgin has wisely along this journey picked up a machine gun, and she's joined the fight now. Yax, you mentioned a minute ago. Did you recognize her? I did. Did you recognize her before looking her up? Or did you look? Did you say, I think I know her, and then look it up and that piece the puzzle together? I immediately recognized she lead actor. Yeah. And when she popped on, I was like, man... And it took me a whole hot second before I was like running through, and I was like, "I was like, Cody's usually pretty good at this." Now I, I could I could not come I up I could not come up with her actual name. No, but I did like literally like soap you, operas. Oh, so you didn't come up with her claim to? F- she is a big soap opera actress. But where I knew her from, and I would never have got it if I didn't look it up. She was Stevie. Michael Knight's fiance on Knight Rider. Yeah. Her name's Catherine Hickland. Hick, yeah, Hickland. Okay. Catherine Hickland, and she was during a few years in the eighties actually married to the Hoff himself. But she played that was like a big storyline yeah. in Knight Rider. His fiance back when he was Michael Knight, and that's who she was. And somehow she ended up in fucking Philippines in this thing. <laughs> Well, that explains why I kind of recognized her, but I, I didn't. I didn't even look her up. Uh, I'm not shitting you, loyal listeners to the TNCC. I would never lie to you. At least a third of this movie's running time is just these dudes walking around the jungle, looking up in trees. Yeah, there's so much just walking around. 
wide shots of all of them. Then we go to close-ups of each of their faces as they stop and look around. Then it goes back to a wide shot, and then it just repeats over and over and over again. All while the Omega-1 watches them through his incredibly and ridiculously illogical garbled vision. Like I said, at least the predator, Predator's heat vision made sense. You could see Let's what's going on. Let's put a mask on. on the robot where he can't see anything. Let's give him permanent drunk vision. <laughs> He's got beer goggles on. It's not even drunk vision. No. At least drunk vision, you get to see two or three of what you're looking I was at. Say, I can see you guys still fine just now. They could have literally... Do, do just a, drop a red filter on it. Well, they... It, it's so messed up. It's so it's discombobulated. Horrible. It's probably what I'm going to see in the morning after drinking like four more of these no, red horses. Still, I guarantee you're still going to see more clear than this. Kate, after 10 Filipino malt liquors, can see better than the Omega-1 billion dollar military project. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. Had they simp- Like I said, had they simply started out with Duarte's the like, Omega-1... I killed 32 people to make sure you could see. Faulty vision Shit. algorithm. Why is it attacking everything? It can't see anything. It, can't. it makes sense. Now that actually does, yeah. Internally, all that garbly dugook is just the Omega-1 going, Ah! <laughs> Inside, he's just a screaming commando <laughs> like all the rest of them. Well... A little more on that later. At one point, Corporal Neil Corey kind of snaps and yells out for the Omega One to show himself. I got a painless cure oh, for you. Oh God! No. Screenwriters like they wanted me to get old painless in there. Check. God, that was horrible. That was so. It was. Ob- pain- that it was, was painful. Painfully obvious. Not painless. Yeah. Painful. And guess what? When he says that, the robot does show himself. Turns out the robot voice that we all hear him, the diggity diggity tracking targets receive on target fishing B-B-B-B. targets. Receive, it's not an internal monologue he's hearing. Others can actually hear that. <laughs> Way to go, Army Corps of Engineers! Good job on your stealth robot. Your stealth robot that you can hear coming from my way. Diggity diggity, come on! <laughs> so of course, Corporal Neil Corey, he's been around the block. He hears that shit. And I love this dude. I'm sorry. Seems like a major design flaw, right? Sort of. Uh, huge design flaw. Well, he and the boys start screaming like crazy and firing a gazillion rounds into the jungle. It's the biggest unloading of weapons yet. But then again, how are they going to hear it? Because they're deaf from all of the gunfire. <laughs> no, they're deaf from all the screaming. <laughs> dude, they stand there for at least two minutes straight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at this point. I'm waiting for them just to run out of bullets. That's what I, my question is to you boys. At this point, are they out of ammunition? No, no way. Uh-huh. You've seen all the gun they belts been, they wear you, across their shoulders. They would have been out of ammunition like two hours they ago in this rafts. movie. One raft was for the human beings. The other raft was for the ammo. <laughs> of course, they, was, there was uh, one. Well, of scene. course, it felt like they like trek through. We seen here. I can't. They fire at least. I'm. I'm no good at numbers. I don't know. Ten billion rounds of ammunition. I, I can't. I can't remember which scene it was, but there was one scene where one guy was like kind of on the ground. And he was standing up, and he's got so many gun bullet draped across his shoulders that there's no way that they would all stay on. And I'm like, well, how do they stay on? And then if you look closely. They're woven into like some other strap that makes no sense other like, than just to keep these in place. Just like you can never get them out. Exactly. <laughs> well, 
Pipe Smoking Papa Doc reports back that there's no blood, no nothing. We didn't hit a damn thing. So Murphy orders Quang to take the point position. Papped up, tapped off a couple of the rounds in the minigun. Did you guys get that? This is a big uh, shocking moment where Murphy tells Quang to take the point. Again? Big surprise mm, he there. He was literally called Point Man <laughs> in the slideshow <laughs> that you true. watched. And for all the others uh, to set up a defensive position up on a nearby ridge for the night. It's there that Murphy discovers that the radio that Quang's been lugging around all day with the 100-foot antenna... <laughs> Birds are running into this thing. That's what hit the chopper in the opening scene. Was this dude's antenna? <laughs> it's useless. At least nobody's gonna. They're calling in. They're trying to get Red Dog on the horn. Nobody's nobody's answering. Nobody's come for help. Masher tries to explain this to him. It's just us against the hunter. It, there is no backup. At and least in hipster, this we antenna had a it's on. useless. It was the two. The odd nods. That's right. Come on, uh, <laughs> Well, guess what? Murphy's had enough of this bullshit. And he puts a gun, uh, or he holds a knife to Masher's throat, demanding <laughs> to know what the fuck is going on. You guys ready to learn some stuff? I am. Finally! Because this movie has made no sense. Spoiler alert, he's it. still not going to tell them what the mission is. <laughs> It's but, about the thing we talked about earlier from the other thing. But Masher does tell him this. The Omega-1 is the ultimate perfect weapon designed by himself and his team of bionic experts. He tried warning the top brass that it was premature to unleash Omega-1 in the wild. There were still more tests to be run by his bionic experts. But they wouldn't listen, and now the robot is out of control. Oh, and get this. Masher says, even I don't know what the Omega-1 is capable of doing. You made him. I don't know what he can do or how to stop him. And that essentially he's just here to tag along to see Murphy, America's greatest flesh and blood war hero, take on his deranged creation. I wonder who's going to win, he says. And he kind of snickers as he walks off. Wouldn't you just stabbed him stabbed in the head? Stabbed the dude right there? Shoot yeah. Him. You cooked up a story and dropped the second of us <laughs> in the meat grinder. grinder. Now that's good well. dialogue. <laughs> here. <laughs> here. <laughs> You dropped us into a Cuisinart. <laughs> I stab you. Uh, he saunters off. What a dickhead. Murphy's sure that Masher didn't tell him everything he knows, but he had he, him at knife point and he let him go. He, yeah, yeah. he tells Quang He didn't tell me he everything knows he knows. He didn't tell you anything. He just told him to tell you everything, and then he let him go. He knows more. I'll get it later. When this robot killer's not... Meanwhile, uh, Quang should be going, you really are a crap leader. You're the worst. <laughs> but he orders Quang to take point in keeping an eye on, on Masher. Of course. As Murphy... Kills li- <laughs> Dude, this is Major... My, if they would have at been least had 15, a scene where it's like... We've been in 15 engagements. We've been in seven campaigns, seven three theaters of operation. I know what the hell I'm doing. You don't have to tell me to take point. And I just now I'm realizing you suck as a... How'd you... You're just the worst leader ever. All right. The situation. It's out of control. All right, I need someone to take point. Which one of us was called me? Point Man again? You, you want me to take point? Oh, he takes pride in, though. Quang's a proud point I like Quang. I actually like the look of Quang. I like... I think it would have been better if he'd been like, all right, I need someone to take point. You, no, he does. Like, he does. He does a little bit later at the river... He, someone else goes point, and Quang does not like it. We'll get to that. 
Real quick though, you mentioned your favorite scene earlier. This yeah. is my favorite scene. As Murphy Quang leaves, Murphy looks at a pair of dog tags that they recovered from a random severed arm they found earlier. It was just an arm. Uh, belonging to someone named Lieutenant Martin Woodring. And as he looks at him, the camera drifts up above his head to the trees, and we cut to a flashback of the Vietnam War where Murphy's platoon find themselves in a minefield. And when Murphy announces loudly that they're in a land minefield and for everyone to freeze and don't move, one special kind of idiot named Lieutenant Martin Woodring says, I'm going to charge ahead. And a few steps later, get this, he steps on a landmine and is blown to pieces. The camera then drifts back down from the trees to Murphy's face, looking at the dog tags, bringing the stupidest flashback in cinema history to a close. Martin! I will say this, I was only halfway watching at this point, and then I was playing uh, Call of Duty 2019 TNCC Turtle, and uh, I had to rewind this because I was like, what the fuck was this? It is the worst flashback I've ever seen in my life. And the most illogical... He literally says, We're in the middle of a landmine. Everybody freeze. Don't move. And this one dude who's not moving says, I'm going to charge ahead. (laughs) So essentially, follow me on this. This is the flashback we didn't get in Predator where we would have learned how Dutch and Jim Hopper knew each other. When they find Jim Hopper, he's like, I knew this man. I knew this man. Green Beret out of Fort Bragg. Maybe, maybe this movie's going to start filling in some plot holes that we didn't get filled in Predator. Maybe? Possibly. No. Possibly? No. No. Ah! Speaking of uh, filling in some stuff. (laughs) Let's bring in Killzone. I'm pretty close to finishing on this. Uh, Man, I I really do... Dick, just the earthiness that this cigar provides. It's got a really straightforward profile that's been great. Uh, that for I know I think you said the spice died down for you. On yeah. Those. For me, it has been consistent. Um, it's been I, I really love the jalapeno as opposed to like the the black or white pepper. Um, that that veg, vegetal we use that word again. That that pepper, green chili kind of spice on the nose. I love it. It's going great with the mineral um, and the earthiness. Uh, construction's been great. Yeah, I'm a fan. I am. I I really am. And if the other cigars that he passed out to you guys and didn't pass out to me uh, at the barn smoke, if it makes you feel better, we 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 smoked those when we were drunk later that night. I don't remember them at all. Yeah, they were they were they were completely awesome and forgettable. And I'll Oddly smoke them that continuously. At all. Um, he handed us. Well, you were just, drunk too. You were just smoking other cigars. <laughs> he just handed us box after box of them. It's it, it's no good. You you would hate them. This is a good cigar. I'm a fan. Price point. Price. It's been a long smoke. Point. Dude, we've been smoking on this for two hours. Easily. Two thirty. But we started about thirty minutes. In. It's about two hours smoke. Okay. Yeah. It's a really nice time-wise burning smoke. Uh, good construction. Nice tobaccos. Jack boy first. I'm going to go 11. Hmm. I could be wrong, but I'm going to go 11. I want to go 8.99. He got it. 
11.49. Boom. Woo. But, I, oh, I forgot to go. Uh, I'm going to go... I'm going to go 11.48. You son of a bitch. <coughs> Honestly? 11.50? I can, I, I can I, be if, down if for If that. I'm looking for a good uh, Nicaraguan cigar with uh, that that San Andres, San Andres Spice, uh, and I know I'm drinking something like this that's going to go great with, yeah, I'm okay with it. Yeah. I know I was comparing this. Uh, I don't remember whether I was doing it on show or off show uh, to another cigar. That was around that same price point. Is that the Ezra? You were talking about the Ezra Zion. Yeah. Suns out, guns out. Uh, Suns out, guns out. And uh, all right, I can put it because if I'm going to compare it to that cigar, how much is that cigar? It's about eleven fifty. Okay. Same size. Yeah. It's a good cigar. I like it. Uh, The beer is fairly cheap. We never talk price point with beer, but with like eight eight nine nine on a sixer. Yeah. Um, which is actually pretty high for malt liquor, but we're bringing it in from the Philippines. That's a tough call because on one hand I've got the Ezra Zion, which has a panda with guns on it, and that's banned. On the other hand, I've got you know the Sacred Stones, Sacred Scales, which was a very cool band. That's got Anubis with some scales yeah. and it looks eighties. Man, I gotta give the edge to the. I'll, I'll give the edge to the Sacred Stones. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. Now, again, I thought all that scene... By the way, uh, I don't know if you can see it anymore. It's melting pretty quickly, but we just like went outside, and it's it's snowing. The boys are freaking out about the snow outside. It's snowing. We get it once every three or four years at, at best. At best, and it's snowing. So, uh, a little bit excited. Yeah. Snowman. Wishing I would have wore socks. Winter. <laughs> Tootsies are cold. <laughs> well, again... I thought all that scene we just saw was at night, but then we cut to them walking around again in daylight, so either they got some sleep, and the editor just doesn't know how to use transition shots, or they just didn't sleep. Either way, it doesn't matter. This team never sleeps. We never sleep. Might explain a few things, actually. Yeah, it does. Ah! I've never been able to turn (laughs) off. We've been gone for a year straight. After some more walking, the big-ass motherfuckers come to a river, which for some reason Murphy says, we need to cross it. Why? You don't know where you're going. You don't know what the mission is. Not to mention there was a big-ass bridge. You just walk over that you bridge. You actually just uh, earlier could have crossed the br- that man-made bridge. Uh, but Corporal Neil Corey announces, I'll take the point on this one, and crosses it first. Oh. And then the editor does do something good. He cuts to a shot of Kwong. Someone else taking point? My name is... They literally called me Point Man. That would have been funny if they'd used that Predator line. They cut to Kwong. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He is not thrilled about that at all. Corporal Neil Corey announces halfway across where the water is barely to his knees. It's like halfway to his shin. He tells everybody, uh, it's not too bad, but the Virgin may have to swim across. Just as tall as them. The Virgin Connie Wells. Maybe an excuse to get the safari shirt she's wearing wet. Oh yeah. Bravo Italians. And calling it a river is generous. It's a creek. Maybe a tributary. It's it's, it's not a river. No. <laughs> if that's your definition of a river, I'm sorry for you. Wait a minute. There was a time where they showed them and they were up to their shoulders. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> well, that's that, 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 that
Oh, and wait. It's here that Murph calls the Virgin Virginia. Oh, okay. All so right. I guess IMDb and the closed captioning text I was watching were slightly off, but that's a big off to be <laughs> from Virginia to Virgin. Virgin. Because I kept waiting, like, oh, we're going to find out some stuff here. No. Uh, she might be a virgin. Supposedly, there was a romantic subplot in this movie that got cut out. Uh, uh, when I was watching the Amazon trivia, it said that they filmed a romantic scene that was cut out. The it's fact not, that there's anything not, cut you out. How, you notice how I just said, like, casually, there was a romantic subplot that they didn't end up exploring, rather than... I went to IMDb and I looked and there was a thing that said that they did this. You, you got it. If you say it casually, it sounds like you actually like read some books or something. Be, be, be. The I fact that IMDb. there was... I read, I read a book on RoboWar. Incoming trivia. Incoming trivia. I get the feeling that they cut out everything that they should have left in this film and left all the stuff they should have <laughs> cut out. Do you out. want to see Murphy and the Virgin bumping uglies? Oh, well, I think they could have cut out about 30 minutes of them walking in the forest. <laughs> just, just off the top of my head. I mean, you know, we could cut out the forest. No, you cut out the romantic thirty-minute movie. It would have been worth it. All right. Well, they crossed the creek. Also, if they cut out at least everybody screaming oh, before ah! they fired, anybody, anybody, it would have been a five-minute movie. Any, anybody got a clue on why they crossed the creek one by one at a time I to get no. to the other side? <laughs> that would have been funny. Yeah, it would have been. But no. Why didn't they just all go together? Because it, they needed to do things that would be good for other things. And when it's first of all, you don't want to cross the stream in mass together because mm-hmm. you would be caught in the middle of the stream. Your enemy's on the other side. He could just wipe you out while you're in the middle of the stream transit. You can't really do anything. Cross one at strategically, a time. Okay. but how would that be possible? They've killed everything within a fifty-mile radius, <laughs> and it's not ah! like all the gorillas know that they're there. Well, when it's Papa Doc's turn, I thought it was odd because he knows he's going to get wet. He takes the pipe he's smoking and puts it in his, his pants pocket. pocket, so it's going to get wet. Which immediately made me think: Where's he carrying all of his other tobacco? And instead of holding his gun above the water line, shouldn't he hold the pipe? No, in that the would be us holding our cigar humidor above our heads <laughs> as we cross the creek. Uh, well, something grabs him underwater. Tracking target, receive on target. Fishing circuit, target, receive. And it pulls him down below the surface. He's totally vanished. My favorite deal is that it's pulling me. And I'm like, no, it's not. You're literally just standing there waving back and forth. They sell a lot of stuff. They don't sell that one. When Masher mouths off to Quang, you know what? They don't stand a chance against the Omega-1. It's so much stronger than all of you. Quang grabs that computer transponder device that he's, Masher's been carrying and throws it in the creek. Quang's now we're all even, he says. He does a nice little maniacal laugh. Yeah, he does a crazy, life. Cr- crazy little laugh. But he should have just killed him at that point. They should have killed this guy a million times. They race down the river. But you know it wasn't going to happen because it didn't go, Ah! <laughs> he should have done that when he threw it in the creek. <laughs> Why not? They raced down the uh, creek's edge to try and find Papa Doc's body, and sure enough, he did survive. Just uh, barely. But they're not quite to where he is yet. As the portly medic comes to, he realizes that the Omega-1 is stalking him. So he runs, and we watch him run, and then we watch him run some more, and then he screams, and then we watch him scream some more. 
And then finally, he runs into the BAM squad and they reunite, leading to this golden nugget of dialogue. Doc, you made it! Yeah, he was behind me, but now he's not. I don't think. Hopefully. (laughs) Hey, Doc, what's that on your foot? Papa Doc looks down to see a Dr. Octopus tentacle claw wrapped around his ankle, and it quickly retracts, dragging him screaming through the jungle. The commandos chase after him for not too long, and then they give up. <laughs> Do they chase after him? And like, TNTC style. But my question is, for the length of time they ran chasing after, that Dr. Octopus arm, where would the... Omega like, One store that like much mile, coil. It was like a mile long. <laughs> uh, it's at this point that Masher pulls out a self-destruct device from his pocket. I have to do this. He's going to kill us all. But then he chickens out and he doesn't press the button. You know what presses my buttons, boys? What does? That's right, lovers. Nothing presses my buttons like Pappy Van Winkle's Family Reserve Barrel for Men and Cigars from Drew Estate. Oh, yeah. This unique stogie is long filler. Long filler. That's right, baby. Premium cigar rolled in limited quantities at La Gran Fabrica Drew Estate in Esteli, Nicaragua. Deep, deep barrel fermentation is the key process that makes this expression vastly different from anything else on the market. Hand-selected leaves from Kentucky are packed into small torquettes or bundles of tobacco. Oh, yeah, bundles, baby. Which are then loaded strategically into oak bourbon barrels. Water is then applied to the torquettes via railroad under immense pressure. And I do mean immense it's applied to the Torquettes via railroad jacks. The tobacco's removed two to three times per year, shaken out, shake it, baby, and then repacked. The total process of fermentation takes 12 to 18 months, leaving a truly unique flavor profile and aroma. The Pappy Van Winkle's Family Reserve Barrel Fermented is now available at every sexy brick-and-mortar Drew Diplomat retailer nationwide. Seek them out, lovers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In the spirit of that, I don't know how I can follow that, but I'm going to try. Let me summon my inner Billy D here. <clears throat> Fellas, Valentine's Day is coming up. And if you have a special someone out there, and ladies, if you want to get your guy something special, if you're going to do a little shopping on Amazon for that special someone, why don't you go over to the TuesdayNightCigarClub.com website. Oh, you're going to find a little Amazon link there, and you're going to click on that. Click on it, baby. And if you do your shopping from that link, you'll be helping the Tuesday Night Cigar Club podcast out, and we'll get a little bit of royalties off of that, and it will help us keep doing this wonderful podcast that you're here right now. Let's keep beating off each other for another five years. That's right. If you want to see us beat off more, <laughs> you just click on that Amazon link, do your shopping for there for Valentine's Day and your lover. It costs you nothing, lovers. It costs you nothing. By the way, if you want to enjoy some cigars, why don't you go over to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club 
click on that famous smoke shop banner and click on there if you spend a hundred bucks which for your special someone that's nothing at all chump change baby when it gets to the uh, promo code you enter the wonderful code tncc20 tncc20 and you'll get twenty dollars off I'm, I'm i'm done i'm out enter promo code tncc20 you get you 20 bucks off 100 at famous smoke shop it's the best promo code in the biz boom the men eventually find Papa Doc's smoldering corpse, which I gotta admit, these dead corpses actually look pretty cool. They're practical. Yes. They're rubber effects. They got goop on them. Their eyeballs are bulging out. They look really cool. That's where their budget went. And Major Murphy announces they're done running. We're gonna fight this fucker. And still, as he looks down at the steaming pile of brisket that used to be Papa Doc, Masher isn't willing to blow the Omega One up with that device. No. no. It's going to be you, asshole. No, I still no. can't do it. The it's team, my baby. The team builds a makeshift canopy to hide under. They have shovels and construction tools now, apparently. While Quang lays... Quang? Uh, Quang? Quang. Quang. Lays grenades and bomb traps all over the place. There's no way that Hunter will get anywhere near them without causing some serious noise. They oh. literally build a wooden fort. <laughs> With, like... Ten foot log walls. <laughs> it's a log cabin they build in the span of like an hour. There were some uh, arcade fire tickets down there, and but hey, we learned we learned in Predator sometimes this strategy doesn't always work out, does it? It does no. not. As they wait, everyone turns on Masher, knowing damn well he'll side with his prize project over them given the chance. They discover the self destruction device in his knapsack, but Masher explains, "I'm the only one that can operate it." And I have to be very close to the Omega One for it to work, as the frequency must hit him right in the forehead. They're about to kill his ass. He had to say whatever he had to survive. But it's just a red it's button. It's a button. <laughs> it's only me. Only me. He didn't say like my fingerprint. No. It's no. got biometric controls. No, it's a red button. It's it was constructed by my fellow bionic experts. Oh well. That's oh. <laughs> right. Murphy's like, well, okay. <laughs> The Omega-1 finds their base camp, which is just, from a construction standpoint, incredibly impressive. It's, I was about to say, it's a house. You, how could you not find they, it? They built Gilligan's Island <laughs> fucking shit in like 30 minutes. Professor's out there with a couple of coconuts. <laughs> coconuts. Dude, quangs on a coconut thing trying to get help. Uh, <laughs> Why not? Why not? Uh, the Globetrotters show up. I was just... I was, <laughs> Sonny Bono is shared. <laughs> Considering everything else, I was waiting for them to like... As they're as they're constructing this this house to be like... Ah! Oh, yeah. No, we, should, we saw no... Uh, we saw nothing. Force exerted. Uh, but get this. The Omega-1 doesn't come in for the kill. He's roaming the perimeter, as Masher explains, the robot's thermosensors are detecting all those landmines that Quang set up. Which is very ironic, what we learn later. Because that how the did Omega-1 senses those... landmines. Considering... Okay. Hold that thought. Murphy makes Masher try the self-destruct <laughs> device, but the Omega-1 has his back turned, so it doesn't work. It has to face his forehead. Forehead. 
but it does anger the robot as it starts shooting its wrist lasers all over their little dirt house there, but misses it entirely. Because it's so tiny and so not much for Masher's. Uh, I made it to be well, the perfect you've seen it screen, but dude, he shoots a laser and hits everything but them. Masher was like, "I made it the perfect weapon. It can face an enemy on land, in the air, or at sea. It's the worst shot we've ever seen in 110 episodes. How has it killed so many people?" Omega One clears a path through the landmines and approaches the Bam Squad. At this point, Masher inexplicably removes all his weapons. Hands Murphy a micro cassette recorder. Listen to this as soon as you can. It's important. And exits the campy to face his creation, Doctor Frankenstein. Gonna have some fun. Gonna have some fun. Ma- no, this is Dylan. Gonna have some fun. This is Dylan writing his wrongs. Mono e robot. Ah! Unlike Dylan's convincing about face and predator, this makes no sense. This guy's been a total asswipe the whole movie. I never saw any kind of redemption in this guy. At least with Dylan, you have a little bit of a backstory where they knew they each friends. other. And they were friends. Yeah, we used to wear half T-shirts in South Beach together. <laughs> like I know what you've done, Murphy, on South Beach. It was another time. Uh, when he's mere inches away from Omega One, dude, he's like from me to you with this thing. He's it's got to be in his forehead. <laughs> It's in his fork. We decided to make that the one thing that could stop the world's ultimate weapon, you have to literally press it on his fucking forehead. So, yes, he's right up to the dude, presses it. Or, no, he's about to press it when it's finally literally pressed against his fucker's forehead. But it's too late. The Omega One crushes Masher's hand and flings him up in the air, which causes him to land on one of Quang's landmines, and he's blown into a gazillion pieces. Corporal Neil Corey disobeys Murphy's orders to stay put. I gotta head out there and get that self-destruction device. But when he finds it, Omega One. Okay, finds cover him. <laughs> the minute he finds, it, he's like, "Got it." <laughs> Omega One finds him and kills his ass with a quickness. Smashes his chest. I didn't get what. And it was he so, spews blood yeah, on the screen. I just saw blood shoot all over. Omega uh, he, One's, uh, he punches him. He punches him in the she- uh, in the chest, and then the camera cuts to a close up of a. Uh, Corey's face, and then the screen just goes red. I mean, it's just... Murphy, Quang, and Virginia, I'm going to call her that from now on, take off running just as the robot blasts their canby to hell with a barrage of laser beams. Now he, now he for some reason, can aim and, sh- and shoot. Well, actually, only Major and Virginia run off as Quang decides to strip off all his gear and fight the Omega <sighs> One with just his knife. BBDBB, tracking target, receive on target, target received, receive, receive. Wanna At get, least give Quang a machete that's as big as Billy's. It was a kitchen knife. What about it this was big? a kitchen knife. <laughs> it was about this big. I'm just, I like actually, I, I like Quang. Quang was a cool character. I mean, if you're going to rip off a Billy Scout character, Quang's a good choice. He's a pretty good choice, but. I mean, come on. When you when you show him, like, flexing with that knife, it's like kitchen knife. <laughs> It was. Want to guess oh. how this battle turns out? Uh, not good for Quang. Poorly. Basically, upon spotting the robot, Quang, with his knife, he does what he was trained to do. Ah! He screams. And he's dead. And guess what? And now you're dead. Now you're dead. Yeah. Uh, don't bring a knife to a laser gun fight. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, God. 
Murphy and Virginia race off. I'd say the Omega One was in hot pursuit, but the perfect war creation can't actually run. So it just kind of strolls along behind them like Michael Myers. <laughs> and here's the one thing. His voice keeps saying, enemy target received, target in range. But they're like a mile ahead of him. He's not even seeing anything. Well, if it can shoot that far, don't you think it should have? <laughs> they're nowhere in sight. We cut to nighttime. I'm sure it's nighttime now because I saw the moon. Uh, and our two survivors reach an old man in hospital that Virginia used to work at. I really dug the creepy synth music used when they entered the hospital. It's kind of creepy. There's a lot of smoke and shadows. But I kept waiting for a heavy gu- like a guitar <laughs> solo to bust it. I was like, man, this music's good, but I know a fucking guitar solo is coming here and ruining this damn thing. Well, uh, to be honest, this is why you're you, because I had checked out and I'm just kind of I didn't out yet? no I had not you never I, do you're always with me on I this I want to see the end of this one I t- <laughs> I want to but I'm not sure it's going to end in the sto- I'm just praying that it does in the storage room Virginia finds all the ingredients she needs to make a fresh batch of napalm because Murphy's we like, just you know how to make this na- is a hospital but the only thing we keep in our medicine cabinet is gasoline <laughs> Murphy says you know how to make napalm Turns out she has a chemistry degree from Sam Houston State University. Atta girl. <laughs> Which actually kind of makes sense. It does. It does. What else will you learn oh, how to do? Oh, that she went to Sam Houston and she's ended up in this shithole? Yes, that makes perfect sense. Well, that, and the, she went to Sam Houston and knows how to make napalm out of oh, kitchen that stuff. And I bet she knows how to drink Red Horse malt liquor. <laughs> at least the chicks I knew at Sam Houston. Well, she's basically just dumping a boatload of gasoline into a dirty bucket. I'm an expert chemist. <laughs> and everything's labeled with these huge things. Gasoline. My, that was my that was my favorite thing is that all the stuff like even when it gets well when it gets bucket. later on it's like <laughs> yeah. stuff. Uh, <laughs> Murphy decides while she's doing this expert chemistry stuff, I'm gonna listen to that tape Masher gave me. That makes sense. The dead bionic engineer reveals to him that Omega-1 is actually half human, half computer. We thought it was a robot. It's actually a human in there. Cyborg. Bionic and human cell tissues in a superb amalgamation. And wait for it. The man they chose for this project is none other than Murphy's war buddy, Lieutenant Martin Woodring. Well, it's not really cells. It's actually a person. I didn't see that coming, did y'all? No. I really didn't care. How did they decide that? He was badly injured when brought to Masher's lab after stepping on the totally avoidable landmine. He was just a head. But he was, All that was left was his head. But he was chosen for this project because he'd been singled out as the most brilliant expert in every kind of guerrilla warfare. Except for that landmine thing. So they only needed the parts that interested them. His head and his brain, they says. Really, the dude who charged full speed ahead in a landmine field, you want his brain. Well, that's why he knows to avoid landmines now. Well, I get the feeling that this Which is... Which he did. Remember when Quang he did learned. the landmine? It's a learning machine. He was going around the perimeter. It's a learning machine, code. I won't make the same mistake twice. <laughs> I get the feeling this is more young. Irony detected. It's more young Frankenstein. <laughs> so what kind of brain did you bring me? It was a uh, Abby, <laughs> Abby Normal. Hey. You gave me an Abby Normal brain. <laughs> Miss uh, Marty's brain is the best of the best. 
the Def- expert in guerrilla warfare. Define best. I have increased our military budget by trillions of dollars. I've got the best brains in our cyborgs. Boys, we're in a landmine field. Nobody move an inch. I'm going for it! <laughs> Except for that guy. Follow him, because he's going to clear all the landmines. You're our new, exactly. new billion-dollar super well- weapon. He got us out with his life. <laughs> well, just then, the cyborg Brainiac bursts in the storage room and begins fighting Murphy. No laser guns, just fists. As he's choking Murphy with Which, his... Which, bu- I will say, it gives Murphy a little bit of... Sorry, kill zone, a little bit of gravitas. He takes no, a full punch he, to the he, chest. He goes, he goes by both. He takes a full punch to the chest that actually exploded Corporal Corey. Well, uh, well he is kill zone. Kill zone. Kill zone's a little bit younger, and he's kill zone. <laughs> Notice, Lieutenant uh, Corporal Neil Corey was the only guy without a nickname. That's why I referred to him constantly as. Lieutenant Neil Corey. <laughs> uh, as he's choking Murphy with his bionically engineered hands, Murph says, Marty! And the hunter loosens his grip. He raises up his face mask to reveal his human face. Looks like Murphy might be getting through to his old friend under there. Robocop style. Robocop style. Right? Absolutely. He's getting through to him. Wrong! And here's what makes no sense. There's a little emotion in Marty's face, but rather than see if he can talk his way through this old <laughs> to his old pal Marty, Murphy lets out a crazy nah! yell and pushes the Omega Man down to the ground, where he lays there wounded, the billion-dollar super soldier, like a kid on the playground. He literally just pushes him down, and the Omega One's like, oh. <laughs> it was just a shove. I think this is a brilliant scene. This is where you actually get to see some emotion from Omega One. He's wrestling with his thoughts. He's wrestling with his memories. I thought maybe they would have a talk about Nom and like you know what all this, but Could. Murphy went a different route. <laughs> <laughs> and then the shove, and then for some reason that stunned Omega One. I've been sh- mortar shot at me, laser beams, missiles. No one's ever shoved me. To the ground like a kid on a playground. And yelled at me. Maybe he oh. could have done something more distracting, like, why did you run into the minefield? I told you not to. I had to go, man. I, I knew I could get I had to make it. a move. It was just you and me, not a scratch, except for that landmine. But hey, he doesn't stay down long, as the Omega-1 Omega jumps up and assaults Murphy again, but this time Virginia is ready with a jar labeled... Nitric acid. <laughs> it's like it's it's literally like uh, a piece of masking tape. tape. This is acid. Hey, let me ask you this: I've always wondered this in movies and cartoons. Nitric acid supposedly dissolves anything. They always use that to. Yeah. yeah. Why doesn't it dissolve the glass jar that it's in? Uh, glass is the super material. Most acids will not eat through glass. That is correct, including red horse malt liquor. It can contain its awesomeness. We have poured this into two forms of glass, and it still contains beautiful stuff. Glass after delicious glass. Well, she pours it over the cyborg's head, causing his circuits to go crazy. And while he's freaking out, Murphy and the chemist slash physician... 
very well educated. And Run out. Dowd. Was she? I didn't notice her boobs. In this scene particularly, when I don't, they're running outside, she shed like a overcoat or something. She had, I think she had an anthropologist vest on yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, she, she took shed. that off, and I was like, man. Well, the Hoff isn't going to marry uh, <laughs> just anybody. Trust the Hoff. I do. Uh, they run outside, and when they get out there, they shoot the hospital with the Omega One's own laser gun, sending the entire shit house up in flames. Because remember, she put in those napalm bombs. Yeah. It was actually a pretty cool explosion. You could see the actual hospital they were in explode. I'm yeah. guessing it was done by miniatures, probably. But it yeah. looked really cool. It was, it was a pretty kind of impressive uh, explosion. That's where the other half of their budget went. <laughs> All right, I just went outside. The folks at home, I just went uh, glanced outside. Is it indeed a layer of snow outside? <coughs> it's snowing, and I've got a cold. Uh, no, I, I uh, actually went outside and uh, been drinking all this malt liquor. I actually drew a little penis in the snow with my my, my whiz. Of course. I always wanted to do it. I live in Texas. Don't have that many chances. Uh, but no, get back. So they blow up the the hospital there. I don't know if it was a miniature. I don't know if the Philippines were just like they don't give a shit. Just blow up a hospital. I, I don't know what the deal was there. Just, just blow some shit up. Uh, this is pre-Duarte. 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 I'm, but I'm pretty sure that Duarte would be cool with it, too, as long as it's uh, for the right reasons. and for the right reasons. Oh. I like it. we're bringing in bachelor lingo to Filipino politics. I think if Duarte for the right reasons. <laughs> well, it's a uh, journey. It's a journey. It's a journey. Uh, it's over. It's finally over, Murphy says. But it's not over, oh, is it? It is oh. not over. I can see, see Tut when they said when 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 it wasn't over. I could be like, oh, I bet Tut Tut thought it was over and was all relieved. But then when it wasn't over, you're like, oh god. Well, here's what's full of it's you. It's over is that now. I we looked, must quickly sprint towards the beach. I looked at how much time was left and realized we still got another thirty minutes of them walking to the beach. <laughs> no, there's only five <laughs> minutes left. Uh, the next morning, as Murphy and Virginia reach the ocean shore and try to desperately signal a nearby boat for help. The Omega One pops up, still badly damaged from the acid bath it took uh, the night before. And so Murphy steps off the beach right into a waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> no, he knocks Murphy's on his ass, and Virginia starts swimming for that boat. Well, Murphy says, "Get to the boat! Get to the boat! Get to the schooner! <laughs> Come on! Get to the schooner!" Uh, I would have liked to see Murphy and the Omega One actually fight on the beach just because we spent an hour and a half in the bush. Deep. Deep in the bush. Deep in the bush. Deep in the bush, lovers. Instead, he literally... instead, he turns around and runs straight back into the jungle, which is the same shit we've seen for the last hour and a half. Which, like I said, he comes to the tallest waterfall, (laughs) which... Given the time frame of which he ran, is right off the beach. <laughs> right off the beach. Geographically, that makes no sense. <laughs> that makes no it sense. makes no sense. If you said that, you know, Bantu Bantu is a mountainous. Batu Batu. Batu Batu is a mountainous region. Great. Mountains would be right off the beach. Well, if you're following along with your must-have predator scene checklist. We need that waterfall jump. Again, why did he not fight him on the beach? 
Because the screenwriter looked at what haven't I covered. Oh shit, there's a waterfall. Gotta do that. So he runs into the woods or the forest, the jungle, whatever the fuck. And there's a waterfall. And he's on the edge and he looks over and then all of a sudden the Omega One walks right up to his face. The final confrontation. But he would literally have had to run straight up to be at the height that this waterfall is at. Nobody cares. We're basing it off of Nobody sea cares. Life. Nobody cares. <laughs> hey, what are you what are you trying to do? We got a Jacu stove over here. Yeah, Jacu stoves. <laughs> talking about the waterfall, huh? It's not like a real waterfall. It's Cody. like a real waterfall, see? Yeah. Omega-1 raises up his face guard again, revealing Marty's human eyes. Which I find ironic. Instead of putting the beer goggles down in front of him, or that shitty-ass glass, he could have been seen. His eyes look great. He could have been just seen normal. He could have, like... But that's nowhere near as intimidating as a, a football helmet. Or, I mean, not as tactical as the pixelated crap that we've been looking at for like the last hour and a half. So the question becomes is the pixelation behind his eyeballs or is it the visor in front of him because he looks at him he could have been like whoa! I can see everything! Murphy! Give me a taco! Give me a taco! (laughs) I haven't seen you in ages man! How you doing? Killzone, let's kill some tacos. Just let me step over here on this landmine. Oh! <laughs> remember, remember the fish tacos we had back in Nam? It's like it's my old self. He just falls off the landmine. You never were that smart. <laughs> What's the matter? The research boys got you stepping onto me in landmines? He tells Murphy in a robotic voice, destroy me. He gives him the self-destruction device that he stole from Masher. Destroy me. Destroy me. At first, the Major can't do it. We we even go back to that horrible Nom flashback. Because oh. when he laid on the landmine, he asked Masher to, or he asked uh, Murphy to kill him then. And Murphy's like, I can't do it, brother. <laughs> I am in an immense amount of pain. I'm going to stand by in my, my suffering. That is the worst Nom flashback. Is this is the worst Nom anything ever. My God, you were in uncommon valor. You should be able to, like... <gasps> my father and uncles, what they did in Nom... You are just taking a big piss all over. <laughs> and I'm not one of those guys that gets possessive over other people's experiences. But goddamn you. Goddamn you, Italians. Were they involved in Vietnam at all, the Italians? Probably not. But they should have been. Because this movie would have had to make way more sense. But what, what doesn't make sense is that he was in uncommon valor... He understood the Vietnam War. He was in an exceptional movie. He should have been able to say, like, look, guys. (laughs) This is how it was. This makes no sense. I can just see him at the the VFW halls. Look, I was in uncommon valor, you fuckers. First of all, in this movie, Murphy is, like, late 30s. In 88. When did Vietnam end? 75. Okay. I guess he could have technically. Yeah, been. he would have been. He would have been. He would have been nom age, and he would have been commander age too. Correct. Right. Right. It checks. All right. For some ungodly reason, well, why the rest of this movie didn't check, but that does. Look, he was Captain America. It all makes sense. He's seen some stuff. But eventually, Murphy decides to press the button, 
against the guy's forehead. You got to be within two inches of the fucker's forehead to push it. And then he jumps off the waterfall just as his old friend explodes. Tut. I hope that's how the story of our friendship ends. Oh, I will definitely touch this. One of us exploding into a million pieces while the other guy jumps off a waterfall. Ah, crap. I'm I'm exploding. I I ain't jumping off that waterfall. I I always saw it as Tut exploding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not jumping off that. Only I always saw the bottom of the waterfall being a bunch of jagged rocks. (laughs) That's probably accurate. TNCC style. I'm a hero! Oh, oh, shit. TNCC style, you're not this making it off that cliff. Sense. Then I'm a Vietnam vet. What's the guy from uh, Born on the Fourth of July? <laughs> it's a penis, Mom! It's a penis! That guy could yell, too. <laughs> da! Yeah, but he was, was basically... There, just, did you? He was just basically yelling out, Penis! Ralph? Was it Ralph? Uh, yeah. Something like that. Penis! Yeah, Oscar-nominated movie did this. Uh, it was actually a pretty, pretty impressive jump, and the way they cut it, I could be wrong, but that looked like Red Brown, the actor, jumping off that waterfall. It was pretty, actually... Because I mean, they showed him, the Omega-1 put his arm out to signal that you got to get out of here, and they show Red Brown on the edge of that waterfall, go back... And it's a pretty decent around. cut. And when he goes down, unlike the guy in Predator, that, yeah, you know, that's, that's... Far away, a little bit blurry. It looked... It, it might have been. like him. It could have been. I was in Uncommon Valor. And I will say this if the actor did do that, kudos to you. I bet we could have got him on the show if I wasn't so lazy. (laughs) But I don't think he'd want to listen to the rest of the show. (laughs) Kwong was like a son to me. You never know. I mean, actors are kind of of crazy like that. Uh, He's still alive. What was that one uh, shark movie that we did? Just barely. What was that one shark movie that we did? Uh, had the guy from Arrow and Shark Attack Two. And I was always impressed how that guy always owned his Shark Attack Two yeah. experience. He's like, you know what? I came up with that line. I want to eat your pussy. So I mean, you never know. <laughs> Which is the only reason we did that movie on the thing. <laughs> that might be the I greatest wonder, line in the history I of any why movie. Why it was chosen in any movie we've ever done? I think that's my favorite line. What do you say we go back to your place and eat your pussy? That's literally the only... We went through four <laughs> hours of that movie just so I could say that say line. That line. <laughs> Earlier in the show, sense. about three hours ago, I, I think I said, why are we still doing this? 110 episodes later, that's why we're still doing this. Because I know there's a movie out there where there's a better line than how about we go back to your place and I eat your pussy. It's out there. I'm going to find it. It was not in this movie. <laughs> that... That totally uh, makes sense for the rest of the show. We cue the closing Predator credits where we <laughs> see the freeze frames of all the actors. We, we did those in our... Oh, in, yes, in, we did. In our short films. And well, we did, actually and we did them better. And we did them awesome. And that's all she wrote, the end. Wait, I have I have one thing. Wait, hang on. I just want to look to the camera and did the... I'll do mine. <laughs> I need like a fondue. <laughs> Oh, God. Watch our hipster, please, because I love it. I will put it on the episode page. Real quick, I have a question, a serious question. I thought about this a lot as I watch it. If Predator never existed, we never saw the movie Predator. Okay. Would we like this film more? We goofed a lot on this film. No. 
Would it be a better film? No. No. If Predator never existed? No. Picture this. It's kind of like a cover band doing Stairway to Heaven. If Led Zeppelin didn't originally record it, would you think that that far inferior cover band was a lot more talented than they actually were? Because the song itself is so great. The, the, the nuts and bolts of the song mm, no. is so amazing. Would you think, man, this band's a lot better than they are, no. even though it's done with Zeppelin? No. No. I'm alone on that island? Yeah. I yeah. find myself alone. It's just not going to work islands. because I mean, even if I if, even if I didn't have any of the predator knowledge at all, and I took all of my criticism from this movie about it just being a predator ripoff, and I took all, I stripped all of that away, you'd still hate this. Movie. I am still left with almost forty five, fifty minutes of them walking through a forest and doing nothing, or then added on to the forty five minutes of walking scene, the twenty minutes of just them yelling for no nonsense. I mean, it was a nonsensical movie. Okay, I'll give you that. Uh, I'm not... I don't regret that we did it. No. I kind of do. I thought we had fun with it. Oh, we have... Oh, dude, we can have fun with anything. Anytime someone is going to make Schindler's List, let's go. (laughs) 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 If you're going to parody something from Arnold, I'm going to watch it. But, uh, but... This I don't think was like a like a parody parody. This was just a straight ripoff. This was well, cashing. Yeah, I mean, this like, is cashing in on an in, American in that gold same mine. Sense, like I, mean, I said, if you're gonna if it's you're counterfeit, gonna some, it was a counterfeit yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna make some, but why you, would you think? Why? What's the mindset to think this really great movie exists? Let's make it again worse. Well, I mean, it's it's not <laughs> right. It's, well, it's it's not. It's not like, all right, we're going to do a shitty job on this. Let's release it, even though we did a shitty job of it. It's let's just make the money while we can. Predator's really hot. Let's just make this no, money but, while we can but, but and, you, and throw but, it out but, there. But, 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 but it's me, like all the horrible kung fu movies out me, there. It's There's so a it, whole whole bunch of horrible kung fu. To out me, there. it's like, all right, Guns and Roses are the the hottest band in the world at the time. So let's make a band called. Rifles and gardenias, and we'll cover all the Guns and Roses songs. And that songs. happened. That happened. Like, all right. So one of the things. That, uh, all right. That's a that's a great the, point. I keep going to the music analogy. That's a great point. But one of the things that killed hair bands was like all. It's called splitting the pie demographically. You you get one band that's like really transcendental and just out there, and then all of a sudden all the record companies like, all right, we're gonna make a whole bunch of copycats of that band and steal all of that audience away. And then those execs transferred from hair metal into country into the '90s, and then that's what killed '90s. That's what brought about bro country in the 2000s. Is that they were all like, all right, so we got. All right, we we'll got put, we we'll, got Garth Brooks, we'll and put so a pair all of a sudden, Wranglers on this guy and a big hat. And Garth Brooks is successful, so all of a sudden we're going to come out with John Michael Montgomery. We're going to come out with all these other copycat artists that are just like him. Dixie Chicks, they get it popular. Seven, all of a sudden, there's like twelve other country bands that are forgettable, but they're all like leeching off of that. That's that's what this movie was about. It was just about leeching off. But of in movies, it's very print. rare. You see a copycat of this. I disagree with that. I mean, because like if you look at it, like you no, know, no. you got you got Bruce Lee coming out with Enter the Fist, and the next thing you know, especially after he died, there's like fifteen 
thousand no, but, kung fu movies that are just but, absolutely but, horrible. But I guess I speak from uh, cinematically from my you know when slasher movies, for instance, were in their yeah. heyday. Jason, Michael were the were the kings of the cream. No one went out and made a Halloween movie where there was three babysitters and a guy in a white mask, but they just kind of changed the words up a little bit. They they got a different mask. And they came up with kind of a different storyline, and that turned into my bloody Valentine. That turned into other, you know, they're very, they're basically yeah. the same exact formula, but different. This thing actually, I bet you there's, this I thing bet you there's, actually did the exact same. I bet. Thing. Uh, well, one of the things that's, and, and you've actually said, you've actually said this before. You and Mincy, the doc, have, have said this before. You know, the cool thing about movies is that there's so many movies out there that. As familiar as you guys are, you're only a drop in the bucket of what's actually out there. Yeah. There's so many movies out there that even in our lifetime we won't be able to see. So maybe you're not familiar with them, but I guarantee you that they're out there. There's probably like a whole bunch of Michael Myers Japanese knockoffs that well, are just like crazy. For me, my mission this year, uh, one of my missions with the podcast is to tackle shit that I want to say, how did I not know this exists? I said it with Avoc- uh, Cannibal Women and Avocado Jungle. How did I not know there's a, a Adrian Barbeau, Chantweed movie that's actually really a naked gun type spoof, and I didn't yeah. know this movie existed. How did I not know there was a, an Italian, Filipino predator ripoff that scene by scene rips off one of my favorite movies of all time? I actually don't want to know this. <laughs> well, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> exactly. That's why yeah. I respect the journey. I, I, I have faith is, in the journey, This Chris. is going to be us this year where I just kind of go for it on movies. Because usually I'll watch three or four movies yeah. a week. To I actually kind of remember you watching this movie on a plane. Because I remember... No, because I remember the scene... I remember the scene where they're all lined up on that road. <laughs> that was, that was uh, another movie with female soldiers, uh, which I thought about doing... <laughs> I bet a Maybe lot. Maybe should have done that I, one. Uh, the vetting process for the podcast. I know what we do here is stupid to most, but it takes a lot of work. And the vetting process, I usually go through between each show about ten different movies. Yeah. Before I get to what we're actually doing the show, I've kind of taken a different approach this year, where I'd never seen Robo War, and I decided before I saw it, we're doing it on the show. Okay. I decided with Avocado Women, I'm going to say we're doing this on the show before I've seen it, and roll the dice. If I had watched it beforehand, I wouldn't have done it because it was an, a, an oddball, uh, goofball yeah. spoof, and we that's hard to do, but it challenged us, and we did something different. True. And I'm glad we did this because it is something different. We haven't done something like this. I guarantee you there's no other people doing a deep dive on this movie. Especially in that cigar coop. <laughs> did I just reignite the beef? Yeah, yeah, you. I think you did. You did. No, probably not. We'll talk about it later when we're all beating each other off. What? Oddballs of the cigar media. That's us, baby. Uh, thank you for joining us, folks. Uh, I think we all gave the cigar thumbs up. Yes. Absolutely. It was straightforward, but it was really, really nice. Sacred scales. Here Sacred scales archetype. Three thumbs up. Three thumbs up. Filipino malt liquor. Dude. Big Man. surprise. Cade likes it. It was. If you want to ride, ride the red horse. Jump on it. That is Jump a song. On it. And one, I'm fairly certain it is. One of I, our listeners is going to come and say, you know what, that's not 
the song, but this is the song you were thinking about, and they'll be right. That's the Italian <laughs> knockoff version of the song that you're thinking of. It's less. It's called Ah. ah! Well, like Sylvester Stallone, he's the Italian stallion. Maybe I'll be known as the Red Horse. No. No. I thought you wanted to be referred to as the glorious Italia Italo Slizo. I'm sorry, I read glorious the I read the description. 80s Italo Slizo. That's how Amazon described this movie. A brilliant entry into the genre of Italo Slizo. And and I was like, oh, Italo Slizo. It's going to be sleazy yeah. with some boobies and that. It, no, no, it was none of that. Bring I, was I was literally I, I got halfway through this movie and I almost texted you am I watching the same am I watching the right movie is there any things can be sleazy without un- boobies is can there they? any bare no, naked not really. boobs I don't know why they would call this sle- no sleazy implies boobs and there was no boobs glorious I 80s did, and Italian I didn't see the sleaze. pendulous uh, boob shot that Tut did of the yeah, chemist slash biologist she had some nice slash physician slash you should. She was endowed. Humanitarian. You should probably describe that in detail. Well, Take your time. Later. I won't stop. Later. You. We'll, we'll oh. deal with that later as well. Well, they were perky. I mean, yeah. oh, wait, I'm sorry. Beating each other off. Uh, so, man, I, I know we're not going to give the movie three thumbs up, but we'll give the experience of talking about it three thumbs up. The experience of talking about it three thumbs up. And I'm going to give you a shocker. The doctor, who's not here tonight, never watches the movies that we do. I'll tell him, like, when he's not here for a show, what we're watching, very, 110 episodes, maybe twice, he's actually watched the movie. That fucker actually got some malt liquor and watched this movie. Loved it. Of course, when you're drunk off your ass, he's this like, movie's you guys fun. pair this movie with the Red Horse Filipino, uh, can I say Filipino? Is that okay? Yeah. Yes, it is. I think that's how it's Is it the Philippine? Filipino is right. Filipino. Uh, he's like, man, you three fuckers with the Filipino malt liquor and this movie to talk about, it's a home run. And I think he was right. Well, how can you it's go a, wrong with the doctor? Heroes. It's a double. I'll praise uh, President Duarte. No. Eh. no. Don't hurt me. Three thumbs down on President Duarte. No. Don't hurt me. This one would be assassinated. Three thumbs down on D. Snyder. Dude, don't be a hypocrite, man. Come on. Three thumbs up on the Super Bowl. Yeah, we got three. All right, yeah, I can. Three thumbs up on Kirk Douglas. I'll give him a half thumb. No, I'll give I'll give Spartacus a thumbs up. He should have made it to 104. (laughs) You son of a bitch. (laughs) I've been told my standards are a little high. Uh, We're gonna do another show here very uh, quickly in a couple weeks before we go off on our many adventures. But uh, thank you as always for joining us on the Tuesday Night Cigar Club podcast. Stay tuned on the uh, Instagrams oh, and the website because uh, you want to see these wonderful pictures that the boys are going to put out for uh, their Nicaragua trip. And Tuts post pictures of his math awesome. homework, too. So Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you do. I know. I saw it. And people uh, liked it. Yeah. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> I actually disliked it. I put a thumbs down on it. Join us on Instagram, at TNCCCast. Uh, by the way, if you're joining us on Facebook, please do. Uh, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Subscribe to us on YouTube. A lot of you have, and a lot of you are commenting, and that is 
freaking awesome. Even, I actually had a actually had a <laughs> reviewer coming in and asking us like, "Hey, what's that cool tune that plays at the end of your show?" Monotony, Monotony by, Fritz by, Beer. by Fritz Beer. Go buy it. It's awesome. Go buy it. Support the. You dude. didn't mention the YouTube our latest YouTube commenter. Who, it was just a bunch of emojis with no, a thumbs no, up. It was a very intentional three emojis for the three of us. Nah. Middle fingers. But of course. You fucking suck, and that's awesome. Fuck you. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. That's how I would describe us. <laughs> Dude, he intentionally did three middle fingers for each one of us. I respect <laughs> it, but uh, you know what? Go fuck yourself. The oddballs of the cigar media. Okay, so like I said, if you're going to do some shopping for Valentine's Day, hit the uh, TuesdayNightCigarClub.com. Go to the uh, Amazon link. Oh, and uh, hey, link. Go, go to our website and get yourself, get your loved one one of these attractive. Oh, freaking yeah, baby. Tuesday if you night want cigar to press your loved one. This is straight off our website. Uh, it's got the logo on here. It's well made. Love it. It's warm. Hey, I have these mine. fuckers. These fuckers are wearing like 10 layers. It's snowing outside. I'm just wearing the TNCC hoodie. I'm warm as a biscuit, baby. <laughs> no, you won't be warm as a oh, biscuit yeah. in this weather. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but no. It is a nice light hoodie. I have it actually in my car as we speak, but it's freaking it's snowing outside. It's on top of my seven other coats. <laughs> oh, my God. People in Central Texas are freaking the fuck out right now about a little dusting of snow. By the way, if you want to freak out, go to uh, FamousSmokeShop.com. Enter the promo code TNCC20 when you purchase $100 or more, and you will get $20 off. You'll freak out, and you'll save 20 bucks. Guess what? That's like 20%. I got these cigars from FamousSmokeShop.com. Heck yeah. There you go. Our number one retail partner. Seek them out. Any final thoughts, Yax? RoboWar sucks. <laughs> yeah, it did. But it sucked in its own unique way. It did indeed. Much like we're the oddballs of the cigar world, Rebel War is the oddball of the cinema world. By the way, when we... Uh, I like fi- oddballs. By the way, when we finish tonight, we're going to stand in opposite corners of this room, and we're going to caucus, and we're going to decide uh, who likes Rebel Wars, and we're going to spend like an hour debating uh, the finer points of Rebel Wars. We usually talk for about two hours after each show. Sometimes it gets violent. Sometimes <laughs> I throw things. Um, but I've got like, I don't know, six more malt liquors to drink tonight. I don't see how that could go bad. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. Ever. Ever. May the wings of liberty never lose a feather. Sayonara, motherfuckers. To learn more about the time I nearly found myself starring in an Italian production of a Basic Instinct slash RoboCop ripoff movie filmed in the Philippines, but when the producers wanted to chop off my ding-dong and replace it with a bunch of rusty circuit boards and a rubber snake, I jumped on a nearby fishing boat and got the hell out of there. And that's just the first chapter of my new book detailing my eclectic acting career titled By the Skin of One's Keith, My Many Lives and Many Near Deaths in the Italo Sleaze Film Industry by Keith A. Howell. Available wherever crazy books about total fucking nonsense are sold. And in the meantime, to learn more about the cigars and other libations enjoyed on tonight's episode, you can visit VenturaCigar.com, FamousSmoke.com, and SanMiguelBrewery.com. When I say deep, I don't just mean deep, I mean... Ring, ding, ding.
For more on O'Brien's Irish Pub, the live music leader in Central Texas, please visit O'BrienSimple.com and download their free smartphone app, where you'll find full beer listings including over 40 on tap, menu information, and a calendar of upcoming live events. To listen and purchase music heard on tonight's program, check out www.fritzbeermusic.com. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. This is Keith A. Howell saying, until next time, friends, unless we see you sooner at the pub. So keep it smoky, and for God's sake, keep it ballsy as well. Go to work, get drunk, go to sleep, I get